Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? Well, today was supposed to go different than it did, but here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Um, So we're just doing one then. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay up all night, we can do two. I don't care. Um, Can you hear me good? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you so good. Okay, good. Um, did you have a chance to go through all this? or I trust your uh, flow, and yeah, it looks real good. I like it. Okay, cool. Well, let's just start recording whenever. Well, okay, I wanted to talk to you about um, something that we finally have in common. Which is? <laughs> Our attraction to... Great British Baking Show co-host Noel Fielding. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I think he's like so funny. But you know, if we're really going to talk about it, I'm into uh, the Hollywood guy with the eyes. Paul Hollywood? Oh yeah, I would. I yes. Would, I would bet him down. <laughs> um, I'm going to because I always think that Spencer is going to look like him when he gets older. Does he have eyes like that? Yeah, he's got blue eyes, and he's getting gray so fast because the oh, kid, that's you know? hot. Well, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good look that men pull off. Men get better with age, I guess. Women do, too, I guess. They I don't do. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping they do, for the best. They do, but Hollywood says, no, they don't, so. Oh, I was like, he said that? but they No, not Paul Hollywood. <laughs> just the regular one. <laughs> just the location, not the man. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think he kind of feels that way. It seems like, uh, from what I've read, cause yes, I have stalked him a little bit. He trades up a little bit or he's trading up currently. Oh yeah. He's let the fame go to his head. He, he left his wife. A I'm lot of women want him and he knows. <laughs> he knows. Well, and like, I, I was, I'm kind of like, I can't blame the man. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I can't. <laughs> Pretty cute. Um, yeah, no, but I love Noel. He's a, he's a, he's hilarious. He's the best. He's the best. Is he a I, comedian or is he a musician? He's a comic. Oh. <laughs> Did you think I, he was I a musician? He, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a musician, and I thought you were going to be like, he's not just from the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> oh, no, he's like, uh, he's a comic from Britain who does like, hit, you know, it's British comedy's fucking weird, but. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I think him and Russell Brand were kind of like buddies. They started oh. out together, if I recall. I mean, like, I don't know that the whole story. Sense. Yeah, he's like he's like 50 or something. He's he's old. He's old, but he's so goth. No, 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 no. I know, but, like, I when I saw how old he was, I was like, oh. <laughs> but, like, I've known about him forever, so I'm just like, I guess that makes sense. I guess it checks yeah. out. He's been around for a hot minute, so. Yeah. But he's on, like, the, uh, the IT crowd. Have you seen that? Nope. It's way funny. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. But he's in it just a little bit. He's a vampire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Can you hear me when I rub my clothes? Yeah. Can you hear me when I squeeze my boobs? Uh, just a little bit. Okay, well. 
I don't know how to make this mic not so loud, but. Um, I think you have a great mic. I don't think it's that big a deal. Okay, great. (laughs) Should we start? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I already started. Oh, well, that's good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I think we're going to, I think this is the episode people are like going to be looking forward to. Oh, yeah. We should have had our shit together by this episode. Yeah, but we don't. But we don't. (laughs) I don't expect us to have our shit together this whole season. I just think it's going to be raw and real and people are going to like it or they won't. You know, maybe they'll chase us with pitchforks. We don't know yet. You know, it is like every podcast, unless it's like well written, knows what it is. No podcast really knows what it is until like season two anyway. So. Well, I mean, I told I tell you every time you're having a nervous breakdown that uh, Howard Stern still fucks up, and they've been doing that for years, and he like went to school for it and shit. So I'm not worried about it. Anyways, this is the so on the same level as the pros. <laughs> we're, we're as good as Howard Stern. Yes, I said it. No, just <laughs> yes. Uh, no, that was blasphemy. I love Howard Stern, but uh, we're great. Uh, but this is the Exodus episode. This is the episode about us leaving the church so i kind of had to dig deep i feel like there's things i'm gonna miss out on and forget about but um because i left so long ago but this is kind of like um the explanation and stuff of like what what it took to leave and like how we feel now so here we go (laughs) and away we go (laughs) um so uh we we grew up we grew up in the same town and stuff, but we had different religious experiences. Um, I was not really ever into it. You were super into it. I'm way interested in your when you in your exodus more than mine because mine's just like eh, I never was really into it. Stuck around because <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Um, but I don't know. People might find that interesting. But I am stoked to hear your side of it because you went on a mission and you got married in the temple and the stakes seemed higher for you. Yeah. But Um, in reality, I mean, we're all on the same level sometime. Yeah. I mean, we all eventually get to the same level. I'm actually going to touch on that a lot. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, ahead on the brief. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying you don't know this part anyways. It's my own notes on it, but just like, okay, okay, okay because I, I've been gone for like 20 years, I've been able to like watch the progression of everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. But anyways, uh, let's just talk about the first thing. Like what was the first, what the, some of the first stuff that like made you feel like you were like, huh? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> you ask that again because can you hear my kids screeching in the background? Uh-uh. Okay. Then it's just me. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need to go check on her? Jesus Christ. Can Did I just be check? real with you for just a second? Is she kill is she driving you crazy today? It's not that. It's <laughs> everything. Well, yes, let's be real. Uh, I feel like because all of this can get cut out anyway, but like, okay. Yeah. I'm reopening my business. And uh-huh. so I put a lot of energy into that this week. Yeah. And day by day, my kid requires more energy. 
Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like when I'm prioritizing the business over her that I'm a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And then when I give all my energy to her all the time, it's so exhausting, but I let everything else slide. And mm-hmm. so like the reason By the way, why don't this- don't I don't feel like you should cut this out because this is a very real conversation. No, I'm serious. This is a conversation. You're exhausted and that's okay. It's okay to be exhausted. You got a lot of shit going on, you know, and you sound, you seem exhausted. (laughs) You seem a little burnt out. We're two hours late starting this thing. And I'm like, why can't I just get my shit together? Wait, why do you feel it's okay, dude? I mean, you're talking to the queen. I would like when my alarm clock went up went off from my nap this afternoon i was like uh we should cancel (laughs) so i want you i don't want you to feel any kind of way you're doing great and it's a weird strange time right now and being a mom is hard and you're doing fine so are you having mom are you having mom guilt today a lot and a lot but mostly like the pandemic really brought out the worst of my adhd and mm-hmm. it feels like day by day, my mental stability for no fucking reason, because I have a very supportive family system. I'm in a good home. It's like, you can't, it okay, just keeps, first of all, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it Doing just feels this. like it keeps declining for no reason. No, I know what you mean. And I feel like we're kind of in this weird space right now where like things are sort of getting back to normal, but I also feel like people have been losing their minds a lot more lately than they were even like at the beginning of the pandemic. If I'm being real with you, <laughs> like I've had, I had a conversation with one of my buddies today about his ex-girlfriend. Who's also my friend because she's losing her goddamn mind about the vaccine. And, but I've been thinking about this whole pandemic and she's been like losing, like people are just more prone to lose their shit. It's fine, dude. We're all going through it. You've been doing great. <laughs> you're allowed to have these little episodes where you're not your best self. Everyone's allowed to not be 100%. You know, that's exhausting in and of itself. You have a lot of shit going on. So it's okay. It's okay to feel. I know you're a good mom. You know. I'm to be a good mom. <laughs> and, you're, and you're good at your craft. And mm. <laughs> honestly, like, I... I think this is a Mormon side effect where you feel like if you're not being 100% like a cheery, happy mom all the time, that you're failing your, your child and you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, does that feel real? (laughs) Am I just pulling this out of my ass? The other thing is, is like, Halo's not even a bad kid. Like she's a really good kid. (laughs) So like, I know people have like, terrors holy fucking terrors in their homes again gonna stop you <laughs> but Halo's just like <laughs> i like watching bluey all day and i'm like fine but it's still i'm like at my wit's end sometimes so yeah no but like how you're saying to me like i'm you know she's a good kid there's spells where people have it worse than me who, who, who cares it's okay to it's okay <laughs> it's okay to feel overwhelmed sometimes it's it's okay another one of my friends hit me up today and she's like my baby daddy who didn't want this kid to begin with his whole family's acting crazy and i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm like run away run away (laughs) i'm like ignore them leave them alone like you're a bad bitch kenny frankly's a bad bitch 
you know all these people are like my friend who's losing her shit about the vaccine she's a bad bitch too people just lose it sometimes it's fine I've tried to kill myself before. Don't try to kill yourself. But I'm saying, like, oh, we, all have, we, <laughs> we all go through, like, weird times where you don't feel like you're enough and you're doing a great job. Okay, my water's still down here from last week. I'm, oh, I'm going to try it out. <laughs> Shake it up a little bit first. Yeah. <laughs> Mix up the sediment. Good old basement taste. Um, but you're also not alone in this feeling before. Moms have come to me on many occasions with the same thing where it's like, I shouldn't be overwhelmed, but I'm overwhelmed. It's okay. It's okay to be overwhelmed. <laughs> You're rearing a child. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Have you felt like this last week has been like chaotic? Like something is so off. How many planets are in retrograde right now? Like uh-huh. something's off. I the feel pink like moon, like- I thought it was supposed to be like cool, but it was just like fucked up all week. Nick Drake lied to us. Um, <laughs> No, I think it's been longer than this last week, but I think it's coming to a head right now with a lot of people. Yeah. Because, like, I've been feeling crazy and kind of like I just want to give up a lot uh, for a while. And in the past, like, day or two, it's kind of been coming out. But, I like, I've been feeling better about it. But it could be just because everyone's like, I feel crazy. I'm like, cool, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm glad we're all on the same fucking page because. I think that's mostly it because, like, I do feel like we're all connected Mm-hmm. in like the grand scheme of things and that's why spencer's fucking singing nsync lyrics all week because <laughs> he doesn't give two shits about nsync but he keeps singing it's gonna be me and it's like, it's, and it's driving you crazy <laughs> it's driving me crazy <laughs> you're like listen up spencer i'm gonna fucking kill you you're not gonna yeah. make it to me <laughs> and he's like i don't know why i have this in my head and i was like it's because collectively um Hundreds and thousands of people are, have this song in their head at any one time because it's going to be May. <laughs> yeah. Um, so crazy because I've had the Animaniacs uh, theme song in my head all day long today. <laughs> but only the part, the saxophone part that goes, Na-na-na-na-na-na. it's my favorite part of the song. So I'm stoked. <laughs> but it's also like, I don't need to hear those like six notes over on re- re- repeat in my head all day. I'm going to fucking kill someone. <laughs> so man no i'm glad you were real with me because guess what we're all going crazy right now but you know what as sil said we're never gonna survive unless we go a little crazy uh a seal kissed by rose on the grave that's the only song i know on the gray did you say the gray or did you say grave grave okay i found out today it's gray it's not fucking true. I'm going to look it up right now. It was on the internet. Someone was like, yeah, it's great. And everyone, someone was like, well, I've been singing it wrong my whole life. And I'm like, grave sounds cooler. We're changing it. Kiss, <laughs> by kiss from a rose. rose. No, it's kiss from a rose. Da, 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 da. That's all I'm reading right now. That's one of my, that was one of the first albums I ever bought that Ooh. Mortal Kombat. <gasps> I can't. Re- You're fucking kidding me. I know, right? I hate when you learn things like that. This is why the internet's bad. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> it's not grave, guys. Like, I was it's imagining, gray? like, here's what I imagined. Like, it's uh, the end scene of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> with no, no, the no, no, rose no. on the grave. <laughs> That's what I think. Of. No, I imagine a rose on a grave, but like also because it was it was on Batman. So I imagine like the Batman spotlight hitting the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Val Kilmer Batman. 
Fuck this noise. Who even knew that this was Kiss on... I'm a 90s music connoisseur, <laughs> and I did not know this. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy about the gray. What does that even mean? Kiss by a rose on the gray. What exactly. Like, kiss by a rose on a grave. It's like you kiss a rose and put it on your lover's grave. It's very yeah. more romantic. We need to Hello. write Seal. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hate so. fuck Seal now. <laughs> No, there would be so much love. This whole album, this, this that song's on, everyone should listen to it. Half of it's really good. Oh. <laughs> the other half is gray. <laughs> the other, no, but honestly, like that back in the day, albums were a gamble because really you heard the hit and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to buy the whole album. And then I'm gonna the hit was the only good song. <laughs> what was it? Was it $14 for a whole album? Uh, depending on when you got it. Opening, like the first week it was 20 yeah, which in today's money is like $40, guys. Yeah, I mean, it could even be more than that, even. <laughs> <laughs> Still a lot of money. Just for a kiss, kiss on the gray or whatever. And you're like, I don't know. I hope the side B on this cassette's better than this. I know. Oh, cassettes. Um, are you feeling better? I'm feeling more ready for this conversation. But then I also wanted to ask you about your brother. Oh, my brother's home. Yay, Jake made it home from Afghanistan. Um, what about him? I mean, like, uh, I didn't text you for, like, three days because I wanted you to have all the energy you could mm -hmm. for him to not look at your phone and see that I sent you another TikTok. <laughs> um, no, he's... Uh... He's home. He we uh, they had a peace treaty while he was over there. I didn't realize that. So oh, a peace treaty. Yeah. So they, there was he didn't see see much fire. He did get uh, hit one time, but he's like I didn't even realize till we were down. And then he showed me. He's like it was a machine gun from, like, so, I don't know. I, it's complicated. <laughs> he seems way better than the last time he said when he was there the first time it was like every night there was like fire a firefight like every night they got woken up and had to run down into the bomb shelter so he's like he's like that happened like twice when he was there so he's like it wasn't a big deal he seems super calm like he doesn't seem like he wants to party hard or anything he had three beers the other day and got super hammered and then the next morning he was like i'm sorry i got so drunk he's like i did not see that coming which is totally not like him yeah so I mean, we've been wow. chilling. I know we've been chilling and I've been enjoying it. We just kind of like respect each other now. I was really worried about him coming back <laughs> and me being like, I hate you because, because before he left, we were kind of like it, on, on eds. And then he was like talking about um, like the family dynamic and stuff. And I kind of caught him up. He's like, who's not talking to who? <laughs> uh, that's exactly what happens at our family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like told him and he's like, He's like, your relationships are your own. And I'm like, I honestly feel the same way. And he's like, cool. So we're just like kind of focusing on ours. His wife's graduating from Penn State. We're really proud of her. Ooh. Um, nice. So, yeah. I mean, he's still got his mood on him, but he was happy to see me and hasn't put me down once, which is a lot. It says, it's saying a lot. Like, I think he's kind of starting to understand that we're both adults and not children anymore. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to convince them to go on uh, a vacation and take me as their nanny. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you guys should go to Hawaii. I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch your kids the whole time. But uh, he's, uh, he, he was the only one in his unit who didn't get COVID, I guess. So he thinks he's invincible. Listen, aliens, aliens, hear yeah. me out. 
<laughs> aliens. <laughs> so he goes, because uh, he called me on like Sunday and he's like, come over. It's just me and Sophie and his baby. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll come over. So um, I was like, where's your wife? And he's like, oh, she's at piano lessons with the other kid. And uh, <laughs> the second his wife walked in, he goes, she's been vaccinated. I'm <laughs> 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 like, me? <laughs> <laughs> so I think his wife is like all about it. She's like, Bobby, no one's been in this house all year. She's like, you're like the first person to come into this house. And I was like, my, oh my sister-in-law God. is like that. They have been holed up for over a year. Nobody comes in. Nobody goes out. Well, I can like, imagine it would have been sort of like that anyways, because she had a baby the February, like right before the pandemic she had. Oh. And then like <laughs> two months later, Jake went to Afghanistan. So like, yeah. She's had a, like a, a, a one-year-old, like someone turning one, you know? So she's big on that. Like she, she likes to keep them protected and stuff. Plus yeah, there, I should, I'm already saying too much. Jake's going to even kill me, but um, there are organizations that um, find and kill military people's families just because they did like, they just for like payback sort of thing. Really? But that's the thing that like people try to keep it like on the deal. But it does happen every once in a while. Oh <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. We should have here. a totally different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've already uh, said wait. Like, I've already said way too much. You've, like, said, if j- you've said too much. No, You're like that dramatic B on uh, the murder among the Mormons. He's like, no, don't make don't me make say me say it. Uh, I hate that my sister loved him too. She's like, I loved him. He was such a cute closeted gay man. I was like, that's why we are sad for it. Like I feel bad for him, but I don't like him. He's perpetuating an ideology. Um, <laughs> no, but Jake's somewhere happy. And he said that he uh, is at a point in his contract that if his unit gets deployed again, he can just give them his letter of rec- uh, re- resignation and he's not going to get deployed again. So, Oh, rad. Oh, new good news all around. Good. Except for, you know, the gray and not the grave. <laughs> That's been the bad news. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was trying to forget that, but it keeps I'm not going to like it. It makes me mad. I did ask him. Mad. I was like, have you talked to mom? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, is she going to come up here? He's like, no. I'm like, are you going to go down there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, is she going to let you in? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, she said to give us a few days notice and then she would. <laughs> I was like, well, as long as we're all on the same page here, I guess. <laughs> I guess it is kind of just getting used to everyone's like quirks. Yeah. That's what adulting is. I don't know. Yeah, it truly is. Anyway, should we do this damn Exodus episode or what? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I want to ask you, like, what was the first thing in your head that made you go, okay, maybe not? That I don't know. I keep thinking like retrospect is so hard. Yeah. Because, like, are we talking about the first thing that was like, God damn it. No, no, no. We're going to talk about, like, the thing that. Who's <laughs> <laughs> calling you? Hello? Hey. What? How are you? I'm good. I saw, your, I saw your post. What's going on? Oh, my God. Nothing. Those are lyrics to an NSYNC song. Okay, I gotta go. I'm recording a podcast. Okay, bye. I love you. Bye. I'll call you later. Was that, that your brother? brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I can tell by how you said what. I'm like, well, that's a sibling. 
<laughs> Wait, what was the status? Jesus Christ, how do I put this on mute? Okay. Do not disturb. Mute. I'm 40 years old inside. Okay. No. <laughs> inside. I, I feel that way. Every, every time I do technology, I'm like, well, now let me get my, my bifocals. <laughs> let me look really close at this thing and use my pointer finger. I sent a post to Spencer's wall that said, every little thing I do never seems enough for you. You don't want to oh. lose it again, but I'm not like them. When you finally get to love somebody, guess what? It's going to be me. Okay, that could have not been more perfect time. You're leaving that conversation. You're leaving the, You're leaving this whole thing in. We're leaving. You can't edit any of this out. Like, the perfection of this. I can't. I can't. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny that he's like, what's up? What's Everything going on? Cool? <laughs> you guys divorcing? <laughs> you're, causing, you're causing waves in the, uh, the gossip God circle, dude. Someone's like, you I'm better like call her. Who's going to call her? Someone better call her. <laughs> And your brother's like, I'll do it. It's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be me. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, I'm a victim of the chaos, but here I am stirring the pot. So I guess. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I love it. I, that This whole thing is, I've could, I've never been this funny in my life. Like, it's I, 25 like, It's you guys. You guys, this. this is the funniest moment in our podcast, I think, ever. Um <laughs> Okay, so I'm not talking about the first, the thing that made you go, okay, I'm fucking out. The first thing that made you kind of, like, go, huh. Huh. Like, like, huh. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. But like I'm gonna a keep going. whip around with my head? Okay, so I think. Well, not even just kind of just like, like, a, like mm. a, a little side tilt with the head where you're like, huh, you know? Okay, I do know that one. Okay. I quantify my memories in... Like, I'm kind of, like, visual about it. I have to put myself back in the space that I was. Mm -hmm. So. Do you want me to go first so you can think about it? No, no, no. I know exactly where it is. But I first have to put myself in that spot. And because we moved around a lot, I kind of know how old I was based on which house I imagine I'm in. Right. I am between 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. Wait. 13 and 14. Okay. I'm a, I'm in 8th grade. Okay. So you're that's like 12 13 I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like reading the Book of Mormon because why the fuck not? I'm like alone in Cuz that my was house. what we were supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I I was also reading the Book of Mormon at this time too. I will give you that. Well, I was just like I guess it was like summer. Okay, this is what it was. It was summer. I was trying to get into um, Harry Potter. It, I wasn't jiving with it. And then I and finally... You're like, it's because I'm too righteous for all this witchcraft. <laughs> no, it was because I was like... I honestly like hated being into things that other people were because I felt like it was their territory and I couldn't be a part of it. Oh, you didn't want to muscle in on their turf. And you also didn't want yeah, to Yeah, and so I didn't out. want to be yeah. all gung-ho about fucking Harry Potter if I didn't know if I liked it. So <laughs> I finally got okay. into it, and I finally read the whole thing in, like, three days. Did you, start with the, did you start with the first one? Yeah. I started with The Prisoner of Azkaban. My mom bought it for me. I read it in the tub, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban like is the best. 
It's the best. Like it's the best one. one is like if I feel like if I ever had children, I'd be like, "Okay, start with this one. <laughs> this one, then go to the prequels." <laughs> And then, and then you're gonna anyway. like, you're gonna have an understanding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. No, no, no side like... tangents about Harry Potter. Sorry, <laughs> we're I trying to ADHD. stay on topic. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, oh, okay, I can read books now since I found this super talent that I like could read this book in a whole day. I wonder if I should try to do the oh, Book okay. of Mormon again. Mm, yeah, hardest book ever to read. Uh, well, so it's so poorly written. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> So I get into it again and I'm like, you know what? I've read first Nephi so many times. Let's go to second Nephi. And I go to second Nephi and there's like some chapters and well, I don't even know where the fuck it is anymore anyway, but it's like the Isaiah chapters. Uh-huh. And uh I I've also been noticing that there's footnotes in there. Yeah. And there's like 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 a, like a quarter of the pages footnotes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, all of these footnotes say Isaiah. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. I'm going to go back to Isaiah and I'm going to read like this side by side and see if there's any differences. And so then I was like reading them side by side and I was like, okay, okay. These are word for word perfect. I wonder if this was like, did Joseph Smith just copy these? And then I was like, no, that can't be it. Because I'm like in young women's and I'm like, hey, explain this to me because I don't understand. Okay. This is, this is, this is too deep for even me. So I imagine the non-Mormon, like the never been in Mormon thing. Like, okay. Explain yourself better, please. (laughs) Okay. About one third of Isaiah's 66 chapters are found in the Book of Mormon. Okay, Too so is Isaiah, is Isaiah in not the Book of Mormon, it's in the Bible? Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Oh, okay. So, that, <laughs> this is how Let's far start with I the am. basics, Bobby. In Why do you to me like I'm five? <laughs> in the Bible, there's a book called Isaiah. Okay, so he just plagiarized the, the the Old Testament for the Book of Mormon and said that it was something that it wasn't, right? Yeah, so this okay. says, two large blocks of Isaiah chapters, 2 through 14 and 48 through 54, are scattered among four books, 1st Nephi, 2nd Nephi, Mosiah, and 3rd Nephi. In addition, Isaiah 29 is quoted in 2nd Nephi. So... It says about one third, yeah, of, about one third of Isaiah's 66 chapters are found in the Book of Mormon. Yes. Okay. And so I'm reading the Book of Mormon, and there's little letters by the, in the verse, there's little letters that say, hey, if you go down to the bottom of this page, there's a footnote that will lead you to another scripture. Okay, yeah, no, okay, okay, I get what you mean. Yeah. That's, I love that that's you're such a like you're such like a religious nerd i love that you're like well now listen here i love that it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like looking in this nephi chapter and i notice everything's in isaiah so i pull out my book of mormon or i put out my bible and read it alongside the book of mormon and i'm noticing that all the verses that are isaiah chapters are perfectly written word for word according to the king james version of the bible Mm -hmm. so then i was like did Joseph just copy these pages or, and then I was like, 
I'd asked somebody, I think I was like, Hey, why are these exactly the same? And they were like, Oh, because it was perfect. And I was just like, that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. But then I'm looking at the Isaiah chapters in the book of Mormon and it's Mm -hmm. the Joseph Smith translation. Right. So the Joseph Smith translation, Joseph Smith went through the Bible and he said through divine revelation that he fixed some of the verses that were translated incorrectly. And so in the Isaiah chapters of the Book of Mormon, it's written word for word to King James. But in the King James version, the Joseph Smith translation version, mm-hmm. he's written little footnotes and they don't line up anymore. He's like made addendums i guess to right. like some of the verses and explain some of the verses or like said that this was the wrong word for this or blah 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 i don't know so what i'm in my brain i'm like this puzzle piece isn't matching right it's like it belongs to a completely different puzzle yeah 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 so like if joseph smith was a prophet and translated the most correct book on earth which is the book of mormon he said and those ideas uh, those isaiah chapters and verses were perfect. Why are they not perfect when you're going through the King James version of Isaiah? So the idea that if something's perfect, it's perfect forever. Why is it changing? Was part of it, sort of. Yeah, because because like and I, I was had like a, I, had, I had some of that too. Because um, it wasn't until we talked about it in one of the episodes where you said that uh, us getting planets got like, sw- like the doctor and changed about that or whatever. Oh yeah. And I kind of like, I've been thinking about that and I'm like, I kind of wonder if that's the thing that, cause like something changed, some doctor and changed. And I was like, well, that doesn't even like what, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's God, does God, is he all knowing or not? Like let's make yeah. up our minds here, folks. So I so I'm wondering was I was if like- that's part of it. Yeah, that was when I was like 10, like 12-ish age, Mm -hmm. and I didn't leave the church until I was 27. So that 15 years sat on my metaphorical shelf, waiting (laughs) for like, yeah, waiting (laughs) for like a, an answer as to why that didn't match up. But it's definitely something that you like, it's always there, but you don't give it, you don't pay attention to it. Like you try very hard to not pay attention to it. Yeah. And it's I, like, think it's inter- <clears throat> I think it's, it's interesting. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go. I think it's interesting no. that um, I say go and then I talk. Um, <laughs> I like it's it's something like so small like that. I love that because my thing is the dream that I've talked about before. Where yeah, I had no, a dream you that- haven't talked about it on the podcast. So tell the people oh. your dream. Well, the dream that I had was um, I was five and I had a dream that uh, my family's from Bryce Canyon. If you haven't picked that up yet. I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> Have you been listening to the previous 11 episodes? <laughs> um, so my family's from Bryce Canyon. My dad's from the bottom. My mom's from the top. Um, I had a dream that it flooded. I didn't know at the time it was a plateau and not a canyon. <laughs> I thought it was like a mm-hmm. bowl shape. So I had a dream that it flooded and everyone in my family died but me. Um, and I was upset, obviously. I was five. And I went and I was like trying to get uh, a consoled 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 by uh my parents and my dad was like oh it's just a dream don't worry about it and then my mom was kind of pulled like well the scriptures say it's happened before it can happen again i guess you know if we don't live was she referencing like noah or something 
I think she was referencing, and it could have been the devil with the water thing, too. Mm. Like, I think, like, my mom's theory is you don't live a righteous life. The devil's coming for you. That was kind of what she preached to us. Mm. (laughs) And Mm, Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. it could have been really anything but she i think she was referencing noah because she's like there were floods but the good thing at like joseph smith's a good con artist like like donald trump because it's like he knows that no one's actually read the the scripture (laughs) you know what i mean like he's like i don't have to worry about this pretty much no one's gonna read it (laughs) like they're gonna read some things they're gonna use what they use you know what i mean um but she was just like it's happened before like, she's like, I'm not going to lie to her. And my dad was like, hello, she's five. <laughs> like, yeah. It was almost like cruel. But that was the first thing that kind of made me be like, I don't, I don't like this God. If this is God, I don't really like God. Um, mm-hmm. But I was very afraid of the devil because of my mom, the way my mom taught us and how she did like the, taught me how to like ward off the, the demons. And my dad said that when he was on meth, he talked to the devil. <laughs> so like the devil was present in my life, in my yeah. home life because of the drugs because of the mental illness and you really what i do think of uh like what people might think are like demons it's probably just people with like schizophrenia or something like that you know it's just mental health issues probably like people who are possessed and stuff um my dad seemed he had like darkness around him but he was on meth so like i don't know like he said he was going to sell his soul of the devil for meth so that's the reason why i kind of stayed in but between the dream and then like poverty we were poor and we still were paying tithing. Like I was a little kid paying tithing. Oh yeah. And they make us like, for those who have never been Mormon before, if you by chance ever listen to this, uh-huh. um, <laughs> you will, when you are, <laughs> you're a addicted child, to this podcast. They're addicted <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you're a child, you're in a primary class and there's a specific age. I think it's like seven, six or seven where you have a lesson where they give you 10 pennies and mm-hmm. then you count out your 10 pennies and you learn that one tenth of your money is one penny. And, and when you, you get f- money, you take oh. one tenth. So you take one penny out of 10 mm-hmm. pennies and you put it in an envelope and you give it to the bishop and that goes to Jesus. They teach you how to fill out a tithing slip too. Cause that was part yep. of the lesson. Yeah. Yep. So you write like- your name and what it is and, you're six yeah and you're like and i remember like i mean obviously i'm a child in poverty my family's in poverty so like my grandpa would slip me like 10 bucks or whatever and i'd be like gotta make sure i get that dollar in because it was really driven in our heads that like if you stray our life's gonna be even worse than it is yeah and there was like this like we were all poor but when you got a gift yeah and it was to give tithing you have to give tithing on it (laughs) yeah 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 um and then uh so like the living my mom would would always stress like if we were like really struggling she would blame it on the fact that we weren't living a good like we weren't being good enough mormons (laughs) you know what i mean like or it was like this is a this is a test god's testing us another thing that kind of made me like go away from it was just common sense (laughs) there's a lot of like (laughs) there's a lot of shit that you're just like this is dumb, <laughs> you know, like I've always been cynical anyways, but like there were certain things where I was just like, are we really, are we really doing this? Like all of us, even the adults, we're all going to pretend like this is real, you know? <laughs> um, I also think that the, like, I feel like the older I got, 
the less things became real or you know what i mean like the tooth yeah. fairy went the easter bunny santa claus yeah yeah god felt god felt just feels like the natural progression you know <laughs> like um, and then this was a huge one for me too the members weren't christ-like oh. uh they there was a lot of people who weren't good people that were what we call like sunday mormons <laughs> or like they're just fake like putting on the facades part of the gig with mormonism but i just saw a lot mm -hmm. of like horrible people like a guy who used my pregnant well she just had puppies my basset hound he used her as target practice was in the bishopric so she Jesus died and her Christ. puppies. yeah she died and her puppies died and well, in my I mean, head i need you to give me a trigger warning when you're going to talk about sad <laughs> things that happen to your dogs it is i think about it too long i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry no That's so sad yeah so like she was like clearly her her titties were full of milk she had an eight pack of puppies she was running around the neighborhood because that's what they do they run around mm -hmm. the neighborhood to grab food to teach the puppies like it's like giving a, a baby like purified chicken you know for yeah, the first time yeah. or whatever you know it's like it's it's just the natural way that dogs are like especially in the country that's how they get the puppies to be like hey no more tit yeah <laughs> here's yeah. here's a loaf of bread so she goes running around and that's just country life i don't whatever i don't care um yeah but he grabbed her and t was bragging at church that he used her for target practice and all those puppies died and he was in the bishopric and then later he got um he's in prison right now for molesting his daughters so like when i saw stuff like that <laughs> sorry trigger warning <laughs> um i was i was young but i remember being like that's clearly not a good person. He's putting on a good show. But like that guy, if God sees everything, why is he in the bishopric right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the callings are supposed to be from the Lord and he's all knowing and he's called a bastard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like he's, wow, that really sucks. <laughs> and then I also had, um, a really, I struggled as a teenager too with, um, like like I like a young woman like I think like like eight year eight eight and up, I struggled with the idea that I didn't really have any strong female role models. Yeah, yeah. Like my role models were like Sigourney Weaver and Alien, <laughs> and <laughs> Linda Hamilton and Termin the Terminator movies. Like if I wanted a strong female role model, I had to leave the church <clears throat> to find it, and that really bummed me out. It's true. It's true because all of the women in the church were meek and mild or just like secretly bitches. And you're like, I don't like you. Yeah. No, the women I really feel like are the biggest, uh, the biggest issue with the church. If I'm being real, <laughs> um, like as a good example, the handmaid's tell like the, the main chick, the wife in that, the blonde chick that was in Chuck, mm -hmm. she, mm -hmm. uh, how she like kind of started the movement and she's her husband's backbone and stuff like that. And she pushes for a lot of things and she pushed for the inequality of women and she pushed for all this. And then it kind of went too far, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so she can't even read the book that she wrote that started the movement. Like I identify with her a lot because she reminds me a lot of the, like a, a very, a very extreme version <laughs> of the women like she's weak but she's also mm -hmm. strong you know what i mean 
Yeah, they like they like push the toxic patriarchy uh-huh. uh, aspect of the church. Yeah, and yeah. It, it makes it makes me really un- it like makes me really uncomfortable. But, yeah, because um, you're the- not supposed <laughs> to be like loud or opinionated at all, and if you show that, then you're like, "What would Jesus do, sister? You need to like be meek like a child." And it's like, I have an opinion, well, I- and I also want to play Lincoln Park on this <laughs> piano. <laughs> it's cool that you can play Lincoln Park on the piano. Um, no, and he also just like um, the whole, just like shutting people down. And like, I don't know, the whole thing was just like, they were, they were mean, you know what I mean? Like in this very strange, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I, I was the handmaids, the handmaids tell the the wife and that reminds me a lot of Mormon women. It's Mm -hmm. like, they don't want, they don't like strong women because they almost resent themselves in a weird way. But like, they're not going to show it, it. but like, yeah, they, they didn't have the balls to do it. Like, my grandma both, you know, approves and disapproves of my lifestyle. She's always like, live your life, because none of us did, <laughs> you know? But, like, she's also choosing her life. Yeah. Another reason, another reason why, I obviously have a lot of reasons, is I refuse to believe that I picked my family in heaven. I ref- Okay, I just, let's, I- let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about that, because that was also very early, when we, as children, were talking about, like... I lived in heaven a long time ago. It is true. Lived there and loved there with people I know. So did you. Like, we all lived in heaven with God. And then there was this, I don't know if it's unofficial or official doctrine, but it said, like, we picked our parents. Yeah, that's just, like, something that, I don't I don't know where it's written, but we all knew that. Yeah. Like, that's something that it's just, like, we are a forever family before, during, and after. Um, and the time on earth is like a, a test <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm well, I'm okay with the idea that I'm toxic for certain members of my family, but my family's toxic to me too. So it's like, I don't understand why we ch- made such horrible choices. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> so, like there's I, this, like, I don't know. Um, I was talked to, or we talked about in church how we, saw our entire life before our eyes Mm -hmm. before we came and we still said yes to the challenge and there's another and again you go to hitler you go to hitler and you're like what it makes hitler it makes hitler the most martyr character on the planet because it's like he saw all the horrible things he was gonna do and he still said yes and now he's saved because someone did baptisms for the dead i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) I'm saying, like, if you really think about it, like, this is the thing that would always pull me back. Because I'm like, they're like, because you're right. I remember thinking that. I remember, like, thinking of this huge celestial screen covered in clouds where I saw it watch my whole life with God yeah. standing next to me being like, this is what you're going to have to go through. Are you okay with it? Are you okay with it? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, my life. Okay, whatever. I'm like, sure, cool. But then I think yeah. of him having the same conversation with Adolf Hitler. Yeah, and Hitler right. And Hitler being like, yeah, it's your plan. I guess I'll go down and do it. <sighs> Like, it turns Hitler into a martyr. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because he he saw that he was going to have to do these horrendous things, but he still chose to do it because it's God's plan. That's a pretty fucked up way to think about it, but you're Exa- right. No, I know. Exactly. But, like, in my head, I'm like, I've been obsessed with Hitler since the Temple of, like, since Indiana Jones. Blame Steven Spielberg. But, but then <laughs> also another aspect of it was, like, 
you knew that you were going to be born to a Mormon family and that was like a blessing that you earned in the pre-mortal life. And so like you're blessed because you were born into this Mormon family and all I'm thinking, and I'm sure you're thinking is like, none of this is a blessing. Where are you at in your like Exodus journey now? Are you still as a kid, you're thinking all these things? Or are you talking about like in high school, you were thinking these things? Well, I mean, okay, that's hard. This is me thinking these things as a kid. We're going to get to the thing that was my final, like, KM out. <laughs> um, yeah, don't do that yet. Let's we're not, go there we're not, together. We're not there yet. But, let's, uh, let's peak together. Let's, let's climax together. <laughs> um, no, I was always kind of thinking these things. Because I'm like, a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a creative, imaginative person. You're a pretty kid, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I have, again, I credit my older siblings. I credit the fact that I had to grow up really quick. And then I also credit Indiana Jones, and I love World War II stuff. So, like, I was, oh. like, the hit, that's why I'm talking about the Hitler thing. Oh, like, that's where, why. You're, like, yeah. literally thinking Hitler wanted to do this? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, my big thing in life is to always try to put myself in someone else's shoes. That's a, that's a thing, too, walk a mile in other people's shoes. I take Mormon, like, advice and i apply it to my real life the good stuff <laughs> so yeah. like uh we were taught i mean i think that's a normal thing it's not just a mormon thing to walk a mile in someone else's shoes so i've always tried to do that but i was like i can't think of a scenario where god's like okay we're gonna kill all these jews and you're gonna be in charge how do you feel mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and for someone like hitler you know what I mean? But it's also like, I guess that could be part of his plan, but it just didn't add up to me. Like everything just kind of seemed like too broad. And I also have always felt like we've had a population problem. I've again, always been cynical, <laughs> <laughs> cynical since birth, but uh, I've always felt like we had a population problem. And I'm like, and then I've always thought it was silly that we dedicated so much land to graves. So I was like, heaven's oh. going to be so crowded. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think people really comprehend how many people have been alive. Yeah. How many people have died. Yep. How many people will be alive. Like the idea of heaven to me is just, I just can't with like my mind, the way that I think my critical thinking skills, I can't wrap my hand around it. <laughs> like, I just think it's this dumb yeah. idea. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like really stupid and it sounds dreamed up and it sounds like a good idea, you know, back when like fire was something that made people like shit themselves. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but now, but now that like we're in reality and there's more than a thousand people on the planet, maybe and we should have fire stations. <laughs> yeah. I have and a lighter electrical problems. I got, I got candles lit right now, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like electricity. If you flipping a switch on would seriously make people like die of shock. Like, you know, when these You're religions right. were created and it's yeah. like, maybe I just, I just, I could never fully wrap my head around it. Try as I might. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the beginning. Wow, that was <laughs> um, the beginning. <laughs> this is this was my first question. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I want to talk about hiding in plain sight. So obviously, like I was having more doubts probably, uh, and you were having doubts. I like I love how your doubts started. Did you ever feel like you were? I'm gonna use that Homer Simpson meme where he goes into the the bushes. Did you ever feel like you were you were doing that? To pay it to figure out like if you're if you were making the right choices as far as the church and your beliefs. Um, there's it's so so packed in here. You know, it started melting together after I left because it no longer was important keeping it all straight. 
Right. Yeah, that's why so, it's been hard for me too. Like, where, yeah. like it's been so long and it's like not part of my life anymore. I would say like mostly the mostly hiding in plain sight that I was doing was the um the Homer Simpson of me was me feeling like I was probably gay. Yeah, I thought I figured that was going to be the <laughs> and the bushes around me were all of the Dallin H. Oaks talks that talked about how if you masturbate, you'll be gay and gay is like a temptation and homosexuality is an indulgence that is addicting and it's for addictive personality people. And I'm thinking there's a lot of dysfunction in my family where addictive behaviors are, mm-hmm. are present. Right. So my addictive um, weakness is probably homosexuality. Right. Um, was there ever a time while you were, I'm calling it hiding in plain sight. You've, you have talked before about, kind of being homophobic because you were trying to hide a little bit and i'm not saying you were you were homophobic just being like the 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 mormon version of homophobic where you're like oh they just haven't found the right girl or whatever you know what i mean i would um msn messenger became a thing Mm -hmm. and so i would talk to some kids about gayness like i'm gonna think of like this one kid he's a little younger than me and we would stay up like a lot of nights talking and one night he said go look at my myspace and i was like okay so i went to his myspace do i know this person uh oh i don't know him okay so he said go look at my myspace page and he had put the background of his page as like this really busty woman Mm -hmm. and he was like isn't she so sexy and gay me inside was like, yep, yeah. <laughs> she sure but, is. Like I can't say that. So then I was like, um, I think I talked to him about being gay, and he was like, no, was he? Gay I'm not or gay. Not? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, and there's no been neither confirmed nor denied no. since then. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Somebody who is confirmed gay said that they were, but I haven't heard it from that person. Yeah. So until we hear uh, from that person, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> until they're so, out, we're not going to out them. We're going to do so that. So then I would be like, uh, you know, the scriptures say, or like, I would just like share like, so was it he could Mormon? be seen as an addiction. Yeah. He was in seminary right. with me. And like, so like, I've said things to people that were like, you don't have to be gay if you don't want to be. Yeah, you can like live a righteous life, and that's what, um, that's what I really around mean when the I'm saying, gayness. Yeah, this is, this is Mormon style homophobia. Yeah, no, no one's gonna come out and say, like, I damn you to hell. Like, this isn't like Southern Baptist land. People are just gonna be like, mm, I feel really bad for you, and then they will talk yeah. shit about you behind your back. Well, it's like they've they've labeled it as same sex attraction. It's like a yeah. it's like hate the sin love the sinner type shit it's like mm-hmm. this they person struggles it. with this thing and this is their lot in life that if they want to mm-hmm. be righteous they have to overcome this sexual desire to be with the same sex and like 
it's a whole like really damaging even though it sounds kind or whatever it really is hurtful and so when i was saying those things to other people Mm-hmm. I was trying to say it to myself as well. Like I was like really trying not to have this thing within myself. You were trying to, you're, yeah, you're, you're trying to convince yourself. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, I was hiding in plain sight even before my baptism. I remember I didn't want to get baptized. When you're I didn't any- want to get baptized either. <clears throat> yeah. You get baptized when you're eight. Um, and I po- I was able to postpone it for a couple of months somehow. I think I per- like faked sick or something, <laughs> and, Bobby, <laughs> or like or I just kept I kept putting off my bishop interview, is what oh, I yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and as an eight year old, that's kind of me- that should be you know that's a signal you know. Um, but I remember giving myself the pep talk on my baptism day that I was gonna buy into it. Like I was like, okay, you're, you know, you're taking this because at the time I feel like I still believed in God and that there were certain sacred things that you were doing. So I was like, I'm doing this ritual. Like, you know, like it's way worse to not believe in it and do it. (laughs) Like I was way more scared of believing in it and doing it than, so I was trying to fake myself out into believing it. So it was less, what I was doing was was genuine. Yeah. And just like less blasphemous almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like I, and I know like blasphemy would be kind of like the opposite of that. But in my mind, if you do something and you don't believe in it or whatever, or if you go do something against what you believe, that's blasphemy. It doesn't matter if God's involved or not, in my humble opinion. You know what I mean? So I was like, I don't believe in this, but I'm participating. So I felt like I was being blasphemous, maybe just to myself. Mm. Um, I tried to put off my baptism because I, I was like, children until they're eight are innocent. So why do we have to get baptized? Why don't I wait until I've done something wrong and then get my sins washed away? Like, that's where I was headed. I was like, yeah. if I'm innocent, then I'm good. I think I almost asked that question, too. Like, wouldn't it be more beneficial to just not get baptized, have someone do baptisms for the dead, and then I'm good? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, like, wait until you're much older to decide whether you want to be involved in the church before... And then get like 10 years of sinning under your belt and then have it all washed away. You know what I mean? Right. But that's also like, I I think I brought that up and I was, um, when you're scheming like that, it's equated to devil's work. (laughs) Like, cause that's technically it's a scheme to be like, well, I'm just going to wait until I'm dead and then you can baptize me. (laughs) That's like, that's like a snake oil salesman type of shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just working the loopholes. They're there. Well, and I'm, I'm also like seven and a half working them out myself. I'm like, why am I? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was able to hide in plain sight and I was also really pissed off. So I would like, even in sacrament meeting, I would leave and go sit in the bathroom and just sit on the counter and they have the speakers in the bathroom so you can hear, you know, like the, yeah, the mother's <laughs> so, room. Yeah. But they did it in the, all the, like, just in the bathroom. So Do they I do was, it in the boys' bathroom, too? Because I think that is just, like, a mother's room perk. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know that I've definitely gone and found out, but I don't remember the answer. <laughs> Somebody write in and tell us if the boys, by the urinals. Yeah, do they, do you have There's speakers? a little dial that you can hear the sacrament meeting talks. I would also, during sacrament meeting, I would go explore the church. <laughs> I would, like, yeah. go, like, there's, um... The churches all have like different secret compartments and stuff, and I always thought that was sketchy as hell. 
Um, <laughs> Did you then... ever like hide under the stage in the cultural hall yeah. where the tables and chairs go? Mm-hmm. It smells really good down there. It does. Well, it's all wood. Mm-hmm. It's all piney, like cedary. Wood. Yeah. Yeah, and varnish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it's like also secret and you can like hide in the cupboards down there. And you're like technically there. When it came to the re- like religious stuff, because my mom made us participate in everything, I was very good at being technically there. But I would like even just hide in between the two, the, the two curtains. Oh, or yeah. Go, or like if we were doing something in like, if you're playing like basketball, I'd go behind the curtains and just lay on the floor in the dark because I didn't want any part of it. I I loved laying behind the curtains. They were so velvety. Yeah, and like there was two rows of them, so you could kind of hide. Yeah, and you could also get spinned up in them. Like, and I would just hide there the whole oh my time, God. and I'd just yes. be technically there, and I'd just be in my own little world. But um, I remember uh, kind of at first being really resentful towards Mormons. And I think it had to do with just me being forced into it, and then being a teenager with angst and all this shit. And then I kind of went in, out into the world, and Mormons became, like, cute, dumb animals to me. <laughs> and I, Aww. You know, well, I mean, like, they're, like, like they're naive, and they have good intention, yeah. but they fumble a lot. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like watching a puppy, fall, like, climb down some stairs. That's what I equate Mormons to, where you're just like, <sighs> bless your heart. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll learn, <laughs> you know? Um so they're like good neighbors, but bad legislators. <laughs> um, no shade. Yes, shade. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, there's obviously a, a, a probably more in-depth answer to that I hide in hiding in plain sight. All I can say is all it did was just kind of reinforce where I was headed. Yeah. Just being sitting around and watching people instead of being like, oh, yay, this is getting me into heaven. I was just watching people because I'm like, you're all going to hell. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. Bobby. Um I had a friend be like, Oh, you're doing a podcast with Bobby? Were you guys even friends in high school? And I was uh, like, Type no. the name right now. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying no. I was like, No, we weren't in the same groups and he's like, I didn't think so. She was like more alternative and you were like very Mormon. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Alternative. See, that's better than Avril Lavigne. I'll take that one. But I want you to tell me who it is. Type it. Um, <laughs> but I think. Uh, oh, cool. I uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's cool that we're doing it. It's good. I always thought we were friends too. I guess I'm just an idiot. <laughs> no. Um, I genuinely wish that I had had more widespread group friends. Mm-hmm. But number one, shit was going down at home. So, and then my Mormon friends were like, I guess, going to keep me on the straight and narrow because I tried to be friends with other groups. Mm -hmm. And either they were like, not. They'd guilt you out about it. Oh, no. They would like not be interested in being my friend or like be perceived. I was perceived as really like goody two shoes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or I wasn't rich enough for them or like I couldn't date them. And so, like, they would, like, slap my ass, and I'd be like, I don't feel safe. <laughs> right. Um, I, and I, I'm, I'm the type of, I, you mean, I, again, I've mentioned this a million times, but I only hung out at school and activities. So, it's, yeah. not, like, it's not like I was out doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I, what are some things that you ignored? You were just like, okay, I'm going to ignore it. 
Well, I was going to go into like the next thing that I remembered being on my shelf besides being gay uh was well, i guess am i allowed to say gay it's just like lesbian has such a like no, you're, serious you're bisexual you're like you're bi lab let's just start over the bro i was in his class i started talking about um blacks in the priesthood or something yeah and so he took me aside after class because it was like lunch hour next and he's like you want to talk about this and I was like yeah I do like I'm so confused about how mm -hmm. we are going to justify this and he was like okay so he pulled out Bruce R. McConkie's book he sounds like a douche already <laughs> Bruce R. McConkie do you know who Bruce R. McConkie is no, who the fuck's that? Some racist? He was, uh... Some anti Bruce R. McConkie <laughs> was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from 1972 until his death. McConkie was a member of the First Council of the Seventy of the LDS Church from 46 until his calling for the Quorum of the Twelve. And he okay. died in 85. And he, so he wrote a yeah, okay. book he's a called <laughs> Mormon Doctrine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he, he wrote a lot of books, but he wrote a book called Mormon Doctrine. And so this this seminary bro, he, the teacher, he pulled out this book and he's talking about black people. Mm -hmm. And in the book, it says something about black people being black because of the mark of Cain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about that. And as he's reading that he said oh that's not doctrine anymore let me skip ahead <gasps> no and i was like record scratch in my yeah, head like, like what what <laughs> what did you just say like bruce r mcconkie somebody who supposedly has spoken to jesus christ himself mm -hmm. and is teaching the most pure gospel on the earth and has written a book to help us understand the gospel you're telling me he was wrong right because it's since been um cast away as not true doctrine what because the hell because it doesn't match the times anymore it doesn't yeah match because it doesn't match the current feelings people. of the church <laughs> People are like, no, black people are actual people. Yeah. So I'm like 16, 17, wearing my uh, puka shells. <laughs> and your CTR ring. And my <laughs> mod cloth, my mod bod brown shirt. And uh, by the way, uh, boot so cut jeans a, and being I, like, what did you say? I got an ad for mod bod something the other day and I blame you. <laughs> well, I probably looked it up and was like, What's this? <laughs> Are you still around? <laughs> oh. um, honestly, I'm glad that you brought up the black thing because um, when my friends went on their missions and they came back, I was already gone and I was kind of at the rebellious stage at that point. And that was the one thing that I was just like, nope, nope. You can, you're, I'm like, you're never going to convince me that this is okay. No. I'm like, if you want to tell me that churches, uh, churches are willing, like, that this is a man-made product mm -hmm. and it uh, is making a man-made mistake, I'm open to hearing that. Yeah. I'm like, but I also don't believe that... Uh, that God changes his mind like that. Well, no, no, I don't believe that black people should be punished. And I'm going to tell you why. There's one reason and one reason only. We believe that men shall be punished for their own sins and not for 
the whatever Joseph's transgressions or whatever. Adam's, Adam's transgre- transgressions. Adam's transgressions. Book of Mormon scripture we memorized in seminary. The articles of faith. Oh, like, <laughs> that's what it is. You're it's way better Mormon at me than me. Well, we believe that men shall be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgressions. Which, yeah. if you want me to interpret that for you, that means your sins are not your father's sins are not your sins. Yes. Yeah. So why would you why would you condemn a whole entire race because yep. pain? Yes, Bobby, be a missionary. <laughs> well, be our, a anti-Nephi uh, Lehi or whatever the shit. I, <laughs> the anti-missionaries. I think, I think missionary work is so inappropriate. So I would never. Girl, do we're gonna work. talk about that. We have to talk about that on another episode because <laughs> it bugs the fuck out of me now right i mean i i haven't even what's we're gonna talk about it more on this episode but, <laughs> but okay like, fine yeah no like i've thought about that before too where it's like maybe i should go out and do like get a bunch of like ex-mormons together ex-missionaries and be like let's go out and let's all go spend two years changing people's minds <laughs> but that, <laughs> i think that's rude i just think it's i think it's rude to get involved in other people's spirituality you know i have reached and, out to every well i have reached out to a number of people who I baptized, well, quote, baptized, because no, girls got don't them baptize. ready to get baptized. <laughs> so uh, a dude could do it. Yeah. Um, and said, like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm not involved in the church anymore. I really regret telling people that they were wrong about their beliefs and getting them involved in something that they might not have wanted to be involved otherwise. And if you wanted to get out, there's a link that you can just have your records removed so that they don't like bug you anymore. And they're like, thanks. <laughs> so can I ask you as a missionary, do you ever feel like, uh, because you're charismatic, like that's why you were a successful sister. Like, and like a lot of my, my, fr- my friends that have gone on missions, the one that are like, the ones that are like fun to be around always got the most pull. So do you feel kind of like they use like they used you for your charisma (laughs) like do you feel like used um i do feel like there were a set of sisters on the mission that were more gregarious and outgoing Mm -hmm. and that they were paired with more meek sisters right okay and so that there was like a kind of a balance yeah. But I also think that that's just like good, I don't know, preventative yeah. measures for these kids not to get involved in craziness. Because, like, if you would have put me with like Sister Ika or Sister Wilkinson, I'm going to call you out. You put me with <laughs> Sister Tuttle and we had a fun, we had so much fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Put me with Sister Jarnigan and she was fun. But, like, towards the end, I got put towards with like, more meeker newer sisters that were coming in and we would have fun we would i'm not saying that no other sister missionaries and i had fun but i was definitely the more wild one inside and they were more of like the um anchor and so yeah i would say that do you think you were more of the anchor when you first started too and then they brought that out in you or do you think you were always just ready you were in the atmosphere no i was My first companion and I had so much fun. We're still friends to this day. She's also left the church. 
the second I want her on here. We need her on. <laughs> the second sister missionary <laughs> I was with, she and I like went to the elders' apartment and like <laughs> you played cards with them and like watched mm -hmm. five minutes of the Hunchback of Notre Dame before I got guilty. And oh my like... god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so here I got a little here... wild. It, no, I mean for Mormon standards, you sure did. Uh, <laughs> things okay so here's here's i'm like really interested with this question for you things you saw um when you were still active but like on your way out that freaked you the fuck out do you have any i'll go first if you want me to okay uh yes you go first i want to kind of collect my thoughts about this yeah yeah i'll let you collect the thoughts so the first uh talks of sexual abuse started coming out when i was probably um like 11 12 uh what yeah so like it was like the, okay so what it was was my uncle was talking shit about his brother's father-in-law who was a bishop and okay. he said that when my sister when, when his sister my mom who's older than him was in high school and her and her friends would go in and confess to this bishop he'd masturbate underneath the table underneath <sighs> the desk you heard that when you were a child? Yeah, I heard about it from... From the, your family members? From my family that openly discussing it and then sending me to, to church. <laughs> oh, my I mean? God. Oh, my God. <laughs> sending you to church to be interviewed by the same kind of No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not... It wasn't him. And, like, I never had... I'm, I'm actually grateful for these talks that I heard. These, this shit over I heard. This oversharing yeah. that I got. Because I was always on my guard. I yeah. was like in and out. I don't want to like, I would only talk to certain people. And like, I told you with like my, I, it, maybe it happened even before I got baptized. Cause I put off my Bishop meeting several times. Like, so mm. I probably, I, I'm sure that I heard about it even before that. Yeah. It was just something that it was always kind of in the air. And I just thought it was like mostly just my uncle talking shit. <laughs> um, right. But also the older I get, the more I'm like, probably not. Probably he was like putting it in your ear. Well, I think he was talking shit, but I also think the weirdest thing about being Mormon and being raised in a Mormon culture, and I'm sure this is true with all religious cultures, is the fact that my uncle was saying that and not understanding the heaviness of the situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because he does have seven nieces and one daughter of his own. And he, instead of being like, why, are we, think... why are we in this church? He was like, but yeah, anyways, girls, go to church. You better be active. The active ones get more money in their hand the next time I see them. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought I was putting maybe a positive spin on it and how he was like no, noticing that his siblings all had daughters and was putting the bug in their ear like, watch out for creeps like this happens. I would love it if that's what he was doing. I'm going to – I'd like – I let's say that that's what he was doing. Let's put that positive spin. That would be that. what I would be doing. <laughs> now since, since i have assault charges against the man i'm gonna assume that that's not what it was but okay, yeah. <laughs> but Jesus. yeah ha happy thoughts happy thoughts happy thoughts you know um so that was one of the things uh that always kind of weirded me out and then um the size of families has always unnerved me because I, I, I didn't have a big family but like it was really weird to come to utah and have like everybody be one of eight mm -hmm. like my family's small and there's four siblings there's six of us we can only we can barely fit into a sedan all if we're all together which never happens anymore yeah. <laughs> but like 
most like having two cars for a family to all get to one place is common yeah like there's at least one family in every single grade that has that <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we i mean we all know like and even like the ones like five was even considered small like i feel like eight and up was the goal <laughs> yeah i had several friends that were one of eight plus kids yeah uh like they don't know all they don't all know each other but well, they kind of do. You? How can you, you know? Right. But well, like also, I also thought that like five was a lot of kids. I also thought four was a lot of kids because my mom had her hands full with the two right. plus the one she got on accident with. I think everyone thinks their family size is the perfect size. I felt like two boys and two girls was perfect for us. Like we always could interact one way or another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we could pair off easy. And I was happy that there was only, I only had one sister. So there wasn't competition with yeah. sisters and stuff like that. So I don't know, but my aunt has 11 siblings wow. and her mom has 22 and they're all from the what? same woman. Yeah. It's 22 <gasps> siblings and she's dead now. So we can talk about her. She died last year. RIP. But, oh. um, my dad's family has there's nine siblings but they're a yours mine and ours family so it wasn't the same and my mm-hmm. mom's my mom only has two brothers so and my grandma well had birth two control happened <laughs> well no my, so my, this my, is a different story yeah. but yeah that was before birth control well my my cousins i mean i one of one of my fam one of my cousins my group of cousins there's six of them and my aunt had to get like her tubes tied because it was like if you have another baby it's gonna kill you and she cried and cried and cried oh yeah i I mean i've told this story before too but it's just like that sort of energy has always freaked me out because i do have an understanding that the numbers game when it comes to religion is a very huge thing like everyone's always talking about the biggest religions in the world you can always catch that when anyone talks about religion they talk about it's standing as far as numbers go (laughs) so i feel like this is a way replenishing the earth is part of the doctrine and but i just feel like it's a way to get numbers you know i thought it was always strange that you weren't close to some of your siblings because i was very close to my brother he was a year younger than me and then we were at least involved in our younger sister's life who was like five years younger than us like even though she was like the baby but there's families where they're like the youngest one doesn't grow up in the same house as their oldest sibling because they've already gone off to college. Right. Like my dad is the second to youngest. And again, they're your, yours, mine and ours family. But I think it's a good example because of just the age difference. But like his sister, his oldest sister is 20 years older than him, <laughs> you know, wow. and that's totally common. Like there are people who are like, yeah, I don't know him. But, like, I, my siblings and I were close when we lived in the house and stuff, but just life has happened, and we don't like anybody's spouse and all that shit, so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we're not close really now. Or we keep each other at arm's length. But, yeah, huge families always weirded me out, and um, the way that the elders talk freaks me out. Yeah. You mean, like, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles? Like, uh... Yeah, the, the rhythm, they, yeah. must, they must go to a class. Yeah. But it almost kind of halfway puts you asleep. It's like a hypnotic to me. It, it felt like I was being hypnotized, and it always made me really uncomfortable. I think that they just hand-select them based on their ability to overlook 
everything and like the you're brought up to talk like that in the church like uh as soon as i became a missionary i started talking like that too because i felt like i was speaking with reverence and i had the name of jesus christ on my over my heart and so in every way when i wanted to speak on behalf of jesus christ like i was told i was doing i would speak in a very soft kind should i just do welcoming an impression? way should I, should I do an impression real quick this is, uh, is going to be my Gordon B. Hinckley impression. Okay. And you must ask yourself, at what point do you say to the Lord, come with me? And like, it's like, it's like, it's like you know, I don't even know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I was like, like yeah, that's pretty good. It's, it's the rhythm in which it's like, da, 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 Yes. Da, da. Yep. And it's like, if you're if you grow up in it it's kind of like it's like a lullaby almost you know what mm-hmm. i mean there's con there's calmingness to it but that freaked me out i was like mm-hmm. he could literally say anything to me right now <laughs> and i'd be like it's gordon b fuck yeah bro yeah and he's so cute and he talks so sweetly he's like the church's grandpa and we love him <laughs> we love gordon no, i'm always um, singles words freaked me out and then uh the lack of separation of church and state i don't i've never liked that Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I saw that I was just kind of like mm. single wards. We've talked about this in other episodes. It's just like, I just felt like I was on a meat market, you know, like it was very like, there was like a lot of weird sexual energy, which I don't like in a religion at all. I don't like, no. you know, I don't like that genitalia is brought into the sequence at all. I think it should just be the character of the person who can hold certain things and who, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how I feel like a religion should be. But what what about you? Have you had time to collect your thoughts, young lady? There's so many. There's so many. Give me top five. Uh, okay, I'm going to start here. Um, I was not going to go on a mission. Right. I, the week before, the week before, okay. I was talking to my friend, Marley, on a drive. Mm-hmm. We went to Brian Head. We just drove so, there and drove back. Such a great drive, back. by the way. So, such a beautiful yeah. drive. Yeah. From Richfield to Brian Head. And then mm-hmm. we drove back. I don't remember why we were going there. But we talked about missions. And she was like, would you ever go on a mission? And I was like, no. I absolutely would not. And it was the week I was, before your mission? I was turning. I was 20 turning 21. Oh, okay. This, like, it was like maybe February, March, April, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I would definitely not go on a mission. Number one, I don't want to wear nylons. Number two, I don't (laughs) want to wear dresses. Don't like any of that. Number three, I don't know if I could handle living with a girl Mm -hmm. for 24 hours a day. Right. Uh, Because I will tell you, if it was like a cool girl, probably like roommate things definitely could like be a roommate with a girl but 24 hours a day i i had a hard time making friends that were girls and i did not imagine a scenario where i would be okay with living with a girl 24 hours and also i really hate that i'm gonna say this but it's the truth in my humble opinion there wasn't it was like slim pickings 
Like yes. girl, girls that were like girls you wanted to be around were girls that you shouldn't be around as far as the church was concerned. Yes. And like girls that I wanted to be around weren't the kind of girls that decided they wanted to go on missions. Right. That's so not just like, not my flavor, you know? Yeah, like I had a, such a hang up with women because of the women I was around all the time. And it's like and even like like even though I was on my way out even in high school and stuff, I <laughs> You saw this shit rooted in you where it's like, you don't want to be a certain type of girl. Yeah. And girls need to be like, but I will give the, like, I'll give the boys in our grade and stuff credit where credit's due. Like, like our whole high school, like, people were, the boys were interested in what the girls were about, obviously. But, like, we were kind of trained. It was like Stepford Wifey-ish. So, like, uh, you didn't want to be around the girls you just, they just weren't interesting. No. And I don't know, you weren't around, but like I had gone to college. I had kind of figured out a mm-hmm. little personality. I had gotten a lot of confidence. I thought I looked really cute. Mm-hmm. I was having some style. I was finding my body. And right. I didn't want to go to a place where I had to put all of myself behind because mm-hmm. It would put me back in school. It would put me back in career. You know, it would just take so many steps back. But so I was just like, no, I'm definitely not going on a mission. My brother was preparing for a mission and he was put on some antipsychotic meds for his mental health. Mm -hmm. And they disqualified him from going on a mission. And to a man, to a boy, to be disqualified from going on a mission in the Mormon church, that's like, you're fucked like it's you're a pariah at this point right so he comes home from this stake president meeting where he was just told we cannot let you go on a mission and what that means for like he he has been raised from birth to be expected to go on a mission he saved boy. money to go on a mission his grandparents are sad Huh? Is he the only boy and you're like you're with the cousins and stuff? Is he the only Yeah, boy? he's the only okay. boy grandkid. So that's a lot of that's a lot on his shoulders. Yeah. And yeah. so like he's coming home feeling like I I'm getting mad. He let the family he feels like he let the family down. It's not his fucking fault. Yeah, but it's like he's he feels like he robbed you guys of blessings. Yeah, and also like it's not his fucking fault that he has these medications. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Ugh. But it, so, it also like kind of puts a stigma on it too because it's like it's like in the military if you go to get psychiatric care you can't get a high security clearance no matter yep. what even yep. though they, even though they have you in war zones so it's like uh, it's gonna make people who probably need mental health uh, to be like I can't because I want to go on a mission you know yeah. what I mean it's yeah. a stigma anyway he comes home from that and immediately my grandma pulls me aside and is like excuse me <laughs> she's like hey, this just happened. Your brother has this in savings and we talked to him. I don't even think this was his idea, Bobby. I don't even think so. I think he says, she says, we've talked to him and he wants to give you this money for you to go on a mission if you want to go on a mission. Do you want to go on a mission? And immediately without even thinking, I said, yes. I just had this talk with my friend Marley. Right. I was just like, I'm not going. And then I was just like, yeah. And I thought at that moment that was like the spirit talking to me. 
They're talking through you or something. Yeah. Yeah. It but made really, me say really that. It was just a child under pressure being like, okay, yep. No, it was just the f- the earliest recollection I have that I recognized that I had no skills of setting boundaries against right. people. Well, and, like, you know, we talked about this in the boundaries episode. They kind of set you up. We've been set up for that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. like, the, the, the fact that someone pulled you aside and made you a, a Right on the spot. On the spot, make this huge decision. Yep. Where it's already, like, and your brother feels really bad and you'd be doing, you know, it's just, like, there's already all this unspoken and sometimes spoken pressure that someone in every branch of the family has to go on a mission. Yeah. It's usually the boy. And it's going to be me now. Yeah. Like they, and it, it was so swiftly was no taken. <laughs> it was so swiftly taken out of my control mm-hmm. because immediately my mom, my grandma set up interviews with the bishop. Like yep. we have this money already. X, Y, Z. You know, it was just like, I no longer had a choice. How much of your grandma's intentions do you think were socially driven? I don't know. Like, because my grandma is a really good Mormon, but she also, what drives her Mormonism is that she likes, she likes people to be like, Barbara's going to the celestial kingdom. She likes when people say that about her, like in the community, which is weird. I know it's weird. We sound like the Amish. Whenever I say something like that, I'm like, oh, we sound so weird. But um, she likes the idea that like, and I feel like that's part of the push for, for uh, kids going on missions and stuff is because it's like a status symbol. You're, you can hold your head a little bit higher in society if your kid's on a mission. I think what drives my grandma is she just wants to be accepted mm-hmm. and she feels like she never will be. And so she, um, it might have been some of that, but she, I think she also like put so much hope in having one of her grandkids go on a mission. And then when the boy couldn't, then like, I was the one that was coming up of age, right. you know, like bo- girls can't go until they're 21 until 2011. So it was God 2009. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm coming up on the age to where I can go. All of my cousins and whatever are at least two years out. So like, do you want to go? And I set an example for your cousins and your sister and the community. And I was the first female missionary of my ward. Yeah, that's insane. Like, girls going on a mission is, like, such a big deal. I was in I was in the South Central Utah. We've had lots of girls come through this ward, and I was the very first female missionary of the ward. That's insane. Yeah, but, like, it's, it's, it's really cool that you went on a mission. But it's also, they would rather the girls start a family. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you definitely came, they came to you as a last resort, and then once you're there, you're on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, there was like no way for me to back out of it at mm-hmm. that point. Well, and like, it's, people don't really, this is actually what, I guess the church is really lucky that I'm just like passive these days where I'm just like, whatever, people <laughs> should do what they want. Because yeah, same. If I would have been like angsty and leaving the church when they changed the age, especially because the girls are still 19 and the boys are 18, I would have lo- I, I would have taken a lot of people out of the church over that. Because mm-hmm. I would have been like, really, girls? really like they just can't equalize you it's a year right they changed it like why don't we all just go right from high school to our missions yeah why don't they just do that you know (laughs) like like i would have taken so many people out with me (laughs) um but like 
yeah, the whole, when I was young, I was thinking that maybe I would go on a mission because I, I wanted to postpone getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was still wrestling with the idea of like leaving the church, like the church not being true when I still mm-hmm. was like, it's just, I'm just not doing it right or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, going on a mission when your girl is a huge deal once you're it when it once it's in the works like it's yeah. ce- it's celebrity status everyone always knows when a girl goes on a mission yeah in the community. i kept it a secret i did keep it a secret i had maybe two people that knew that i was going on a mission and then um the th- so another thing that was like on my shelf was i think i talked about it in the temple episode but my aunt when i was going through the temple the first time she reached across and rubbed my shoulder and said welcome to the club mm-hmm. and that and like, like put sh- such shivers. a huge flag <laughs> like holy fuck what did i do yeah because i was saying holy fuck in my brain at mm-hmm. that time probably but um uh yeah it's just like Oh, and I didn't tell anybody that I was going on a mission until the Thursday before my farewell. Mm-hmm. And I said, it was like at Institute. And I was like, somebody have an announce, anybody have anything else happening in their life? And I was like, yeah, um, on Sunday is my mission farewell. You guys can come if you want. And there were like audible gasps from first person Marley the girl that i had just <laughs> so fucking told i was not yeah. going on a mission i kept it from everybody because i think i was secretly hoping that i would cancel i think you were here's what's the craziest part because when i was when i was writing this all out i really uh, we're gonna get to guilt later but mm-hmm. i feel like i i have a lot of guilt because there's just so many things in me that i just knew it was wrong mm-hmm. and i think a lot of us have that and like clearly this is happening with you with your mission where you're like i don't want to fuck like for whatever reason whether it's like i would rather do like you wanted to do other things but it's like there was so much it's just it's just so weird but here's also here's a side note about how important it is for girls to go on their mission i remember the facebook event we've talked about this before too (laughs) where you're they're gonna have to call me sister Mm -hmm. and i was like oh shit i wish i had more notice because i a non-mormon would have gone to your farewell i was gonna i like wanted to go to it what because i was proud of you because like it it is a big deal for a girl to go on a mission (laughs) like i was like cool like and i also like i'm always proud of people who if they are into something and they go and decide to do it because i figured you were just way into it you know what i mean so I was like, good for her, That's man. part of the facade, I guess. Because well, inside, I was like, I went out to the mission field, and I was like doing every microaggression I could against mm-hmm. the rules. I would like sing rap song lyrics to my companion. I would like, um, I would wear too long of earrings. I would do my hair in a more fashionable way it fucking sucked because it wasn't fashionable but it was pushing the limit for mission standards (laughs) i would wear sassy skirts the mission president's wife would always pull me aside and say you need to be more modest you need to be more reverent you need to be more bullshit i was every p day i was like we're going to hang out with the elders i'm going to fucking play some football i'm going to get all of this pent-up frustration out because i was suppressing myself so much and like that should have been a clue right there that like the church wasn't a place for me because I wasn't doing anything that was like 
I was just trying to be me. I and this is honestly like I don't want to change any I don't want to change anyone's mind like I hate I, that's not what my, my goal is but if there was anything that would make me want to like get in there and be an advocate for people leaving the church it's how much psychological damage they do to you at such an early age because you looking at this with a 32 year old's eyes are like why didn't I see it why didn't I see it so you're mm-hmm. you're kind of victim blaming yourself yeah <laughs> when it's like well you're 21 you know, and yeah. you were raised in a cult. So, like, what can you do about it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're doing what you can do now. Yeah. Um. Okay, so what was the final straw for you? Final straw. Mm-hmm. Mine was, I read the scriptures when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> there is the end of that story. <laughs> no, but, like, I... I actually love my leaving the church story because it's like I was suspicious forever and I was just like this weird cynical child and then I read the scriptures and then I was so good at be putting on a facade between my dad being on drugs, my mom being crazy and then just being raised Mormon. You have to act perfect. Yeah. That I was really good at hiding in plain sight and just kind of watching things and then seeing that from that that lens where it's like okay, I've read the book of Mormon and it's, it's bad. (laughs) Like it's bad. So it's like, let me really observe these people. Maybe I just don't get it. You know what I mean? So like, I I was grateful in a sense to kind of just like, not at the time. Again, this is hindsight being 2020, but like I went, I was involved in so many church activities by force that it was just me watching people being like, yep, made the right choice. <laughs> you know, like it was a lot of just like validation over and over and you. over and over again. But like at the time too, I didn't know if I was just justifying it because I was evil, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the theme is that is the theme. <laughs> if you're not with us, you're 100% against us. Um, but like, so like I'm grateful, but I also felt like, uh, a mutant i didn't i i was i was grateful but i was also i, I felt like i was never gonna find like my place in the world i don't think yeah. i have yet but <laughs> um, i certainly care a lot less if i do or not at this point i think i'm grateful for i first started figuring out who i was when i left home and then when i went on a mission and i'm gonna say I don't regret my mission. I, cause I don't, but there was, cause there was like a lot of good, but, um, being away from my family with limited contact, like they were forced to not talk to me except for twice a year on the phone and once a week through email. Ooh, that seems so nice. I, <laughs> That's kind of the setup I have with my mom right now. <laughs> I fucking thrived Bobby. Right. I fucking thrived. Nobody knows that I feel this way, but like, I really wish that I could go back on a mission to where my family didn't rely on me so much because I lost weight. Mm -hmm. I didn't have depression. I didn't have, I like had a good routine and that's part of the culture, right? Is like they give you a routine to live by, but I was, I was fucking thriving. I was thriving so much. And I wish I could go back to that. You were thriving outside. Like, I guess you were thriving in the religious aspect, but it was more like a personal thriving situation. It was a personal thriving. Like 
I because I don't want someone to be like, well, didn't you hear her? She said she was thriving on her mission. That must mean something. <laughs> no, because it had nothing to do with Jesus. Like, I was leaving. Yeah, yeah, it had to do with leaving my family and mm -hmm. like being around peers my age that we like had like a common cause and like I had such good friends there. I love everybody that I met on my mission. Honest to God, I loved right. every single person, even the guy that told me to suck his cock and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> Love that man. You know what I mean? He's a good time. Um, um, but so, yeah. So was it the, it was, it was the gay thing that made you be like, I'm done, right? Definitely because, okay. End of, end of the Exodus story for me. Uh, I come home from my mission. I um, get involved with a choir and I love choir and I love singing. And eventually I figure out that my testimony is really rooted in the music of it. I love singing and I love all the songs I sing are about Jesus. So that's where I'm getting my testimony from is because of the joy of singing. Well, and they're, they're beautiful pieces of music. Like, let's not deny that. Like, they are very well written, composed. Yes. Beautiful. I still wish I could sing them, but I don't believe the lyrics behind it. So right. it's like really hard. Um, I get married to my husband in the temple and then we move to an apartment in Bountiful and Bountiful, Bountiful, the land Bountiful and, um, the audacity of naming a town Bountiful, it's right? It's like calling in a name a town Richfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fields are rich. <laughs> it's true. Um, and we're, we thought we would be in a ward, but. It turns out we're in a branch. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I'll tell the difference between a ward and a branch. A ward is a congregation of about 400, now 500, sometimes 600 people. And the bishop. There's a bishop for every ward. A bishop for every yeah, there's ward. a bishop and his two counselors and a whole organization of leadership in that ward. Um, a branch. And, and, yeah, and each church house has three wards to it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, a branch is a small gathering of saints. You have to hit like, Jesus you have Christ. to hit four hundred people <laughs> in a ward boundary mm -hmm. that are members to become a ward. But we're in the middle of fucking North Salt Lake, and right. we're in a branch. And so what? What had happened? Is this steak, Ugh. steak meaning a group of wards? Oh my yeah. God. I know, like, the shit we have to explain, we're like, Jesus Christ, no wonder we were in so deep for so long. We had to learn so many things. Yes. <laughs> we were invested in these lyrics, these, uh, <laughs> these meanings, words. these yeah. definitions. <laughs> well, we were uh, caught up on it. We had no choice. We're like, okay, so what award? <laughs> I just love imagining that somebody listening to this bullshit was like, steak? What's I'm hungry. Or, oh, no, I think you're like staking a vampire. <laughs> no, steak is like always going to be meat. <laughs> oh, I, I was thinking of like when I was waiting for you for two hours to meet up. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Dang, like, I'm so sorry. Not okay. I was like, oh, steak sounds so good. I had a steak yesterday, though. I'm having a steak tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but, yeah anyway. A, a steak is like uh, a, a, Many wards. a territory of wards. So it's yeah. Like, so like it really is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, it is. Imagine. So the stake in Bountiful had decided that all of the low income housing or apartment buildings that were in this little area mm -hmm. were going to be in one branch. 
So it was like gerrymandering the yeah. the fucking <laughs> And one of the reason was <laughs> because course. it was a financial burden mm-hmm. on the wards. Mm-hmm. Another reason was because they were low income, so they were very transient, so they couldn't depend on the people to go to callings. Right. So they put the whole burden. They pretty much took every ward's pimple and like put them together in like a zit pack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were just yeah. it, they were looked down on from the whole stake, blah blah blah. And then what they did was they called like full time senior missionaries to be the leaders of this of this branch. So the the branch president, aka the bishop of this branch, mm-hmm. was a full time senior missionary from the the stake and a senior missionary is uh older an like older like, like couples couple. go, couples go on missions after they retire yeah but they their calling was to just like serve these poor people yeah so they felt they were like really on their high horse about that i'm sure yeah and so there was like a group of these these counselors these this bishop and these counselors and then like what they did was they called people from the branch to be in the leadership. So what happened was one of the stake, one of the branch counselors, Bishop's right-hand man, got cancer. And so he was recovering from cancer but still wanted to serve in his mission. And so they called my husband to be an additional counselor in the branch. And then they called me to be a young woman's president. And it, um, it was really heavy on our marriage because, because these people viewed this as their mission, their opportunity to serve the Lord in their full capacity, they went out every night to talk to people and to minister to people and to help them with food orders and to help them with missionary lessons and try to keep them active in the church. And I, we were newlyweds. We were fucking newlyweds and I never saw my husband. He went from work. I went to work. I came home. I was alone because he had gone from work to getting in his suit to go be by the bishop's side right. at whatever bullshit assignment they were doing for that night. Which is so, that's another psychological thing because it's pretty much telling you, oh, by the way, this guy you just uh, devoted time and all eternity to, he's way more into the church than you. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, like and that he's be earning his righteousness. Yeah, and like we were excited about it at first because that's how you were raised. No, because Spencer and I wanted to go. Eventually, what we wanted to do with our life in the church was to be mission presidents. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I had they're, they're fun. Mission presidents are like considered like the fun. No, not always. Well, I mean, like no, I mean, like 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 a fun one. Like I, I like. When a missionary talks about the mission president and they're doing it fondly, it's like a huge honor. Yeah. Um, because we we had both had a hard time with some of our mission presidents. Oh, okay. And then 
halfway through my mission, we got new mission presidents and mm-hmm. I loved, I loved them. I right. love, I still love them. Yeah, I like still it, keep it in touch with make, them. It can make or break yeah. mission. Yeah. And so what we wanted to do was be like, let's be cool mission presidents. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> yeah. I want to be a cool mom to all these like 18, 19, 20 year olds. Right. Um, and yeah. And so that's what I wanted to do. And so being a branch president in the branch presidency, right when we started getting married, we were like, a huge step. Yeah, this is our this is our footing. This is the Lord telling us that we're going to get what we want. But we were run ragged mm-hmm. in that branch. And on top of that, at the same time, was um, controversy in the church because podcasting was happening. Mm-hmm. And a man named John DeLynn, who hosts the Mormon Stories podcast, was talking openly, openly in discussions about problems with the church mm-hmm. in a very honest communication way. I've never right. listened to his podcast, and I don't care to because I'm past that at this yeah, point. Right. <laughs> but um, he was excommunicated for having open discussions about uh-huh. Mormon doctrine and theology that didn't line up with the church perfectly another one was kate kelly who wanted women to have the priesthood now women had the priesthood in joseph smith's days i didn't know that yeah we're going to talk about that in another episode but Mm -hmm. um she wanted the priesthood to be restored to women and for women to have more presence in the church Mm -hmm. and she asked the apostles to pray about it and they denied her like they they're like no the lord doesn't want that well what had happened was she had kind of like formed a petition kind of like Mm -hmm. of women we want this to happen like what do you say she petitioned the church and because she had quote formed an apostasy group oh, and was seen as a leader of an apostasy group then she got excommunicated right and so that was happening at the same time this john delin so people were being silenced for their opinions and mm-hmm. their voices right and when they got excommunicated especially kate kelly because for some fucking reason people in the church hate women and see them as garbage no for real like that's not even like how could any of us have good self-esteem because of that like that's one of my big issues with the church is it's like yeah of course all the men were like shut this bitch up you yes know what I mean? it's exactly like that because when john delin was excommunicated it was like oh we lost such a diverse voice when kate kelly was excommunicated like people she's, were she's fucking cheering problems. yeah like it's like she's a problem causer so get rid of her yes and yeah. some and one of my friend coming in hot i'm gonna send it to you okay (laughs) let me get to that page um one of my friends he i I didn't even have to i didn't have to i like i already knew i was like i know you already know (laughs) i was like it's gonna be an unsavory story let me guess (laughs) he posted and said god always wins and i was like i messaged him personally and i was like are you kidding me this is not a win like, how can somebody be rejoicing over somebody losing their access to God's kingdom? Like, right. like this is not a win for God. Well, and this is another story of the members acting horrible. Like, yeah. guess what God, guess what Jesus doesn't want? 
for someone to be cast out for having a fucking opinion. I don't think yes. so, from what I've read, and I've read it all. <laughs> like, excommunication, and now they call it, like, some other girl got excommunicated. We'll talk about it ag- again later. Uh-huh. We'll get to it, God <sighs> damn it. fired up. But um, <laughs> just watching their reaction, the, ch- the people in the church, my mm-hmm. peers, their reaction to these excommunications, I was like, holy Grossed fuck. Then at the same time, my husband was in the branch presidency and he was reading the handbook, the bishop's handbook for how to conduct business in the church. And he was saying, Kendra, I don't agree with some of the things that it says in there. Like it talks about how gay people are apostates and they're just not. And I was like, we had already talked about gay people before we got married, which is one of the reasons we got married is because he and I were both so gay friendly, Mm -hmm. but he was like, gay people aren't sinners. They're just gay. And like, like, why should we keep them out of the kingdom of God? Well, I just have always wondered like, why is a sexual preference? Like, why are we getting so involved with this? I love wearing the color black. That's 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 arbitrary. Is that like, yeah? It's like, it's not important, right? What's important is how you act, right? Exactly. And the church was like, this is a super exclusive club. So Spencer was already wrestling with that. I was wrestling with people being assholes in the church. We were both wrestling together. When we finally left that branch, we actually moved because we were tired of being at church we were just like done and we're like Mm -hmm. let's move so that we don't have to be in the branch presidency anymore or the young women's presidency anymore i like i honestly like i'm like oh yeah i'm not surprised you did that but it's like i don't think we understand what a drastic measure that is to not be bothered by the religion that dominates where you live like it's like I'm just going to transfer over and hope that my paperwork gets lost. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. Or like, I would rather say no to a stranger than someone that I've like built up these relationships with. Yes. It's it's very psychological. So we go through very drastic messages in order to not be involved with the church anymore. Right. Right. So we both left and uh, Spencer's grandma dies. Spencer's grandma was not a Mormon. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was... What's it called when you're not Catholic, but you're not oh, pre- Protestant. Protestant? She was a, a Protestant faith. And... What is it when you're not Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be like Episcopalian. <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all, it's like, isn't the branch, it's like all the like different branches, like, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Someone, so, someone can call and scream at us about that. I would like to know differences. <laughs> we, we probably will make an episode about it. Right. Um, but she died and. Yeah. Spencer, that was the first person in his life that had died. And we were very close to her. I sometimes still cry about missing her because she was in my life for two years. But she was the most wonderful lady. And I couldn't imagine losing somebody that special to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and having her be an entire part of his life. And so when he lost her, he fell into a depression. Right. The next month. Oh, no, we moved. The next month we started school, Spencer started his master's program and I started my master aesthetics program mm-hmm. and we had a brand new dog and his grandma died mm-hmm. and we tried to go to church, but like our only free time together was Sunday Yeah, because I went to school all day Saturday. Spencer went to school 
like all the days nights whatever i went to school nights like Mm -hmm. we were both not together so we were like masters yeah (laughs) yeah. so the day that we had together was sunday and so people would be like hey can like visiting teachers hey can we stop by we notice you're new in the ward and i'd be like i'm just gonna be straight up honest with you i don't have any time with my brand new husband Uh i'm not going to spend it at church or being bothered by visiting teachers right and they'd be like cool no problem and yeah and like and like honestly leaving like moving to a different ward it's easier to do that because people it's like they get their hooks in you and yeah. they go deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's like saying no to like a stranger Mormon. Easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because like I didn't officially yep. leave the church till I moved out of the state. Yes. So like I get it. Like, yeah, I was like, I can't have people I know talking to me about this. I can't have people calling my grandma. I can't have any of this shit. I'm yep. going to go ha- leave with a stranger. <laughs> yes. True. So, yeah, it was very much easier to say no thank you to strangers. So, so we were there. Like, you ultimately just like dissolved. Like it was just like we just you kind of just like slowly faded away, right? Yeah. And then so then we were just like less active. And then the one time we woke up one Sunday and we're like, okay, church starts in 10 minutes. It's just down the street. Let's just hurry up, put our clothes on and go to church. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to go to church. We're going to be active again. We're going to just like. Right. We're just going to do it. And we pulled into the church parking lot and it was fucking state conference. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> and nobody was there. Oh, there no, was, was zero sign, people dude. at the church. And we like, we're like, is this a sign? We go to the door and it's locked. And we're like, let us in. <laughs> like, <laughs> we tried so hard to be here today. Right. Like, and so dressed. then we decided like. That's a sign. Like, let's just be not active and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And it was feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. My final straw was the final straw for a lot of people yep. that I, we talked to was the church's policy on children of gay parents. Mm-hmm. It was called the November policy. It was touted as a doctrine I feel like it's a hate crime, to be honest. Honestly. So what had happened is, secretly, they snuck into that bishop's handbook, the one that, you know, bishops conduct their business by. Mm -hmm. They snuck into the bishop's handbook that children of parents or a parent who is practicing in a gay relationship cannot be baptized. Mm -hmm. And the only way they can be baptized is if they disavow their gay parents correct yeah so it was on the same level as people who have polygamous parents so Mm -hmm. if your if your mom or dad were divorced and your mom or dad was in a homosexual relationship Mm -hmm. you had to wait until you were 18 to be baptized Mm -hmm. which i think should be the rule anyway but we'll get to that absolutely yeah um and then in order for you to be baptized, you have to disavow your mm-hmm. homosexual parent. Yep. Goes back to that fucking second article of faith, which is we, we men should be punished, punished for, for their, their own, own sins, sins. not for their parents' transgressions. Yep. Yeah. So it was that and also suffer the little children to come unto me, yep. like Jesus Christ saying that. And... Also, being not out bisexual to my husband yet, mm-hmm. uh, 
gay inside and uh having several gay friends right which I feel like uh, Utah is like the breeding ground for the gays because there's so many of them and I love it. I'm living for it. Yes. Um, it's also very heartbreaking to watch. It's like, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I was open-minded as a, as a teenager and stuff. So like watching all my friends just hate themselves because they were born a, a certain way mm-hmm. is, it just breaks my heart when I think about it. Like I was talking about the chick who freaking funds the LGBTQ shit in the in the in the county and i started i like i hate this woman because she's a bitch but i was crying because i was like thank you for giving them a place to go yeah because it's so hard it's so hard in this state because i've seen i've seen it more times than not and i know this is i mean it's common a lot across the board but then when they just release this shit like we have the highest rate of uh, teenage suicide yep we have like the highest rate for depression we have a high rate for opiate abuse we have a high rate for all this shit and our population uh, I'm sure it's changed now because we're turning into the new Silicon Valley, but the population up until we were like 25 was half and half, half people yeah. under 18, half people above 18, half the population yep. were children. Uh, a lot of them are gay. <laughs> Not all like, right. you know, like a, a, a decent percentage are gay. And I feel like we had like seven in our class and we had a class of less than 200. That's, you know, for what is that? Yes. Three, three and a half percent of the population in our class was yep. gay that we know of like you you're not i'm not even counting you <laughs> that yeah. were openly gay you know and the numbers have gone up since then right yeah so it's like watching all this stuff with it's hard enough anyways and then for them to release this fucking doctrine yeah especially after i felt like we came such a long ways as a country where it's like gays can get married gays can adopt you know gays can be the significant other you know like yeah for the for the church to come out with that was such a blow because as utahns we're dealing with such an issue uh a social so social issue with the suicides the drug use the turning away of just children because of their orient sexual orientation yep and some of that is just this the place <laughs> is this the is place? this the place <laughs> right like is this really the price <laughs> is this really the place so for them to do that i i feel like i just hung my head i was just yeah. like fuck for real guys like and i've been out for years over a decade yeah. you know and i was just like seriously like do they need more hate really no. do they yep. need it so for me, that wasn't very Christ-like <laughs> again, and I, and I'm glad. I'm very proud of everybody who the, everyone was like, I'm done. Yeah, like it was it was cool watching the mass exodus of people being like, Nope, this is where I draw the line. You guys fucked up hard. Yep, yeah, the mass exodus was great. Um, so what happened was, uh, we moved to a new house mm-hmm. so that we could not move our records over. Right. They found us anyway, yeah, but we decided to just not be in church anymore i took off my garments i Mm -hmm. really disappointed my grandmother (laughs) and it wasn't just like like she like literally cried i was the last mormon kid you know in the church and like Mm -hmm. i was her last hope um but i would say like that was the final straw and I didn't want to let go of it. I had made covenants in the temple that I would dedicate right. my life to this. I didn't want to, st- I didn't want to go back on a promise that I made to God that heavy. 
but I combed and combed and combed through scriptures, yeah, through like searching, the covenants searching, I made in the searching. temple. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to make sure I prayed so hard to be guided in the right direction. I did too. Yep. Yeah. And I was just like, I really, I meant it when I said I would dedicate my life to you. Yeah. God. It's like, like show me like, I, but I also, that's the other thing too, is it's like, I did, we like even getting baptized, they, they tell you how heavy it is. So it's like, I, but I don't want to dedicate myself to someone who makes you disavow your parents because they fucking, because of the genitals they prefer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, it's just such a human issue that I'm like, this is beyond God. Why are we even having a conversation about this? Yeah. To me, I had a, I had a, in my new house, I was outside chopping some wood because I was like getting this dead bush out. And um, my neighbor, Brother Davis, fuck you, came over and was like um, watching me chop this thing, struggling, and was like, hey, I just wanted to talk to you guys. How do you think Spencer would be? Now, Spencer and I, we did not leave the church at the same time. It looked like a united front, but we were having our own struggles leaving this religion and where we were landing. But we said, he said, what do do you you think about Spencer? Do you want to give a little background on Spencer's family? Spencer's family is... I'll do that on another part. Maybe we'll have him on. Yeah, no, I think uh, that'd be great. I'm <laughs> just, just, for, just for reference, he because is, we, we both had like turbulent childhood. His dad just got released as bishop. His family... <laughs> his dad just got released as bishop. His family is a functional family. And really kind. Mm-hmm. His um, grandfather... So his dad was a convert his mom was um born in the covenant like mormon but his mom's grandma was a convert like, and his mom's mom a was a convert str- they have a way stronger testimony well yeah and like yeah um I, I but feel, yeah so like, he's yeah. He, he's mormon yeah. um he's a mormon boy um <laughs> so brother davis comes over watching me hack this thing inefficiently and he's like hey i wanted to know if you think spencer would accept a calling as a scoutmaster and i looked at him and i was like you probably should ask spencer but uh i'm gonna tell you right now he's probably gonna say no and he was like why are you guys not active like i know you guys are both return missionaries i know you guys served in the branch presidency like brother davis was like a counselor in the bishopric in this new ward we were supposed to be going to so he had this the background information he was like why are you guys doing this and i was like look i don't like the november policy I have a gay roommate. We had a gay roommate like living in our basement at the time. I have a gay roommate. I have lots of gay friends. I do not agree that that came from God. And so therefore I disagree with your prophet and therefore I disagree with your God. And he was like, don't you think that you might be led away by Satan? And I was like, that's the question. There's the question. I was like, fuck you Mm -hmm. in my heart. But I said out loud, I was like, I have never been more prayerful mm-hmm. and more so studious yeah. and more earnest in seeking an answer for this than I have had during this moment in my life. Mm-hmm. How dare you question that I'm right. being led astray when I am searching, pondering, and praying the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Which is what, yeah, that, exactly. Like, And I 
was doing the same thing. I was the whole thing was quiet, was very introverted to me, which is probably yeah. why my my stance on spirituality is like, it's no one's fucking business. Like, don't take it out. Yeah, public. you yeah. know, like, um, <laughs> but like I, yeah, because it's like when people when people are like, you left the church, like they just treat you like you're irresponsible. Yeah, and I'm like a fucking adult. And well, it's also like I'm struggling with this so hard. I don't think you understand, especially because yeah. like I wish I I wish my siblings and I would have communicated more. Because according to all of us, we were all having doubts our whole childhood too. And I wonder why. Talked, <laughs> I know, right? None of us really talked about it. And I, I don't. It, it's like the amount we were all struggling. I wish we would have been talking, but it's like. You do like, of course, I'm worried about the devil entering into my life. Of course, I'm worried yeah. about all this stuff. I was raised the same as you, Elder Brother Davis, whatever the fuck. <laughs> but it's like I've decided I'm making my decision. Please, just like understand where I'm coming from. I'm sorry that you can drink the Kool Aid so quick, so easily. You know, yeah. So With such how disrespectful is that? Yeah, like, it's so disrespectful. <laughs> so let's talk about the hardest parts of Lee. Like, uh, what was the hardest we we talked about um this just disappointing the family like because like i said i waited till i was in maryland to leave the church because oh, i didn't yeah. want to, i didn't want to disappoint my grandma albie i didn't because i really i genuinely thought it was going to kill her um i've heard st- i mean i've heard stories the stories are common where if you leave in the ch- in the in the state they'll call your family mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's supposed to be confidential i guess that could just be something I made up, but, <laughs> um, yeah. like I didn't want him to call my grandma who was pushing 90. I didn't want that. I, I just didn't want to deal with the Mormon, uh, politics of leaving the church or the Utah politics of leaving the Mormon church. Yeah. It and felt, the familial it, mm-hmm. repercussions. Yeah. And when I had my exit interview, the Bishop tried to find everything wrong with me. Uh, his counselor was awesome. <laughs> like we bonded, <laughs> But like he, he tried to blame the fact that I came from a broken home, that I Fuck was just, that. Fuck that, that. I was, yeah, that I was just rebelling, that I didn't understand it enough, and I finally just said, "Look, I'm a Utah Mormon. I've read everything. I start. I started this journey over a decade ago. This is our exit interview. <laughs> you know, like I had to like put him in his place. Where it's just like, no, no, Good no. I know you. more. I know more than you. You know, like I know. Bitch, like I yes. like I'm not just." Because like it's like I, I was like I feel like if you knew what I knew you wouldn't be sitting here giving me this exit interview because she would also mm-hmm. be not in the church you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so like like I have always tried to be ever since I, this past being a teenager and just being an asshole I've tried to be respectful ab- about it but I also um, the, this is this is my hardest part is disappointing the family obviously and then letting people live their lives like not trying to pull people out <laughs> um, yeah while uh taking unsolicited advice about your own life with like yes. a smile on your face because they're always going to tell you what they think yep i'm um, way more respectful of like my grandparents talking to me about religion and being like i'm just like i'm not going to talk about it i know that you want to talk about it but i'm not going to talk about it but if it was anybody else i'd be like fuck you get out of my face <laughs> Well, but like in my head, I'm to the point where, like I said, like Mormons to me are just like cute, dumb animals. <laughs> like it's like yeah. they don't, they're just idiots. Like they like and, and, and I don't want to say idiots like because there's plenty of intelligent Mormons out there. But there are a lot of Mormons who are intelligent in everything. And then they shut their mind off when it comes to religion. 
which is also a strange thing to watch. <laughs> like yeah. having like an in-depth conversation with someone who's like way smarter than you. And then the second religion gets brought up, brought up. It's like, they don't have any, like they have a lower, like, like a 60 IQ or something like that. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, I don't want to. And um, I do know a lot of intelligent Mormons. I just don't want to insult them by saying I think of them as stupid because I just think that they're just following their hearts the best they can. Mm-hmm. And like I'm doing, I'm following my heart the best I can. Yeah. And I, when I say idiots, I, I I regret even saying that word because I don't think these people are stupid. I just think it's, it's like, a, it's you just can't ha- imagine a scenario where you would be in their shoes. Well, I just, it's like, I'm sympathetic to them because there's certain things like we've talked about this with like, I think we talked about in the drugs episode where like, I have to be a little bit tipsy to have sex. Yeah. So it's like, I understand being deep rooted in something like there's really no rhyme or reason. I'm a smart girl. I should know better mm-hmm. than to think that I need to be a little bit fucked up to go have a sexual experience because of the way I was raised. It doesn't negate the fact that that's how I roll though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I get it. Like it's probably a similar situation. Like they, they maybe in their head, they struggle with it and maybe it's just easier just not to think about it. You know, like it's yeah. all about faith. Faith is you just got to have blind, blind faith. Yep. Um, another thing I hate is uh, when certain people are, like, um, dipping their toes into the water. Like, we talked about a girl who – we weren't friends in high school. Um, I'm going to write her name for you real quick. Great. Um, but she, like, uh, people – I guess I had a reputation. I guess I did for whoever you were talking to that said, oh, Bobby, she was an alternative. So people will like come to me to like do sinning. Like, like people will like, like they have an idea in their head and they'll have a conversation with me where I'm just like, yeah, man, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm kind of their scapegoat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bobby will understand. She's a hard ass. Well, and it's also like, if they decide to go back, they can say that, um, they were like influenced by it. like it's like mm. I, I could be just te- technically the devil you know you what i mean send me this this yeah. uh, name i'm trying okay. to, she she's she spells her name like really that's not how you spell it but it's spelled like really weird she's like you're older than us <laughs> it's like oh yeah get your <laughs> maybe that's i'm a faces it. person maybe that's not even her name but um, she left the church and got like a bunch of tattoos and stuff and was drinking. And it's like, I don't even drink, you know? And we had that growing up all... Ble- was that a sneeze? <laughs> this is me. What the fuck was that? Are you okay? Are you looking? No. Am I looking Not that at- person? Uh, She's older than us. Kind of mousy. I think that's her, but I think she's in our grade. Yeah, no, she was always a hellion. That's not the one I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it does matter to me. Well, I'll, I'll figure out who she is. I could, that could not even be her name. But anyways, <laughs> she is older than me. Never knew her in school. She was always kind of like a super religious nerd and stuff. And um, I mean, not, not that that's bad. We just never jived. And then like she was seeking out people to have as like a safety net in case she decided to go back and that's oh yeah always, that's always fucking bothered me <laughs> like that's just a that's more of a pet peeve than anything it's not necessarily hard i'm just like go do your thing but like my family like my siblings and i have been blamed 
like we're just free thinkers most of us don't have like drug problems and stuff but like back in the day when none of us were doing drugs or anything like someone would have like a meth problem and they'd blame it on us and really yeah well that makes (laughs) sense like for an example this is a penguin person but he has mental issues and he was super into music he was super into kurt cobain like he liked to be like this emo person it made him edgy at school and he'd hang out with us, right? Because we were all alternative, as this person said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're alternative. And he was like, he, I mean, I love this person. He's my buddy still to this day. But, like, um, he went off the deep end when he left the church because his family's super religious. They put super guilt on him. And he went and tried everything. He did, you know, he was having all the sex. He was, uh, you know, trying to kill himself. He was, like, shooting up, all this stuff. And when his parents would talk to us, it was always our fault. And it's like, <laughs> we're actually having to deal with your crazy ass son. Like, we're the one calling you being like, hey, your kid tried to kill himself. Please come get him. Yeah. We're not doing drugs. We're not drinking. We listen to no. music and go to shows. Like, who the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? We're like, you're, nerds you're... <laughs> with good music taste. Yeah, we don't listen to Avril Lavigne in this house. <laughs> but no, So I mean, much like, I, shade. Like, I... I hate being categorized with that sort of thing too, because it's probably because my dad was on drugs and stuff. Cause it's like, we're not doing that stuff. We're just not forcing him to be a certain way. And he yeah. doesn't know how to handle that. But it's, did you sure see what I, did you see what I text you? Yes. That's her. Yep. The top one. Yep. She was my friend. Was she? She's she was one of my close friends. Dude. No, Maybe I she... know she's not. Maybe we should actually have her on the podcast. We sh- I would love that. Because when it was happening, too, I also was going through my own stuff. And I was just like, I don't have time to be like your... Your person. Uh, your, like oh, your yeah. role model. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just don't have time for it. Um, what, are, so what, what are the hardest parts for you? About being Mormon? No, the hardest parts about leaving. Just disappointing the family. Um, my hardest part was... I was 27. I was following my heart. I had never done anything to disappoint my family. And they, I had gone to college. I had started a business. I had married a stable person. In the temple. In the temple. Mm -hmm. And I had like, I had made all these good decisions. The hardest part was they didn't trust me anymore. Yeah, which I I will, yep. I like that you're saying that because I didn't even think about that. And I'm with you where it's like they're suddenly treating you like you have the worst judgment on the planet. Yeah. Right? Or is that not what what you're saying? They're like, you shouldn't be making such a big decision. I'm like, I'm, I'm old enough to do this. I've been literally on my own for 10 years. I'd moved like, out. I moved out when I was seventeen to go to college. I think I can make this decision. Right, but I think what people don't understand is that kind of reinforces your. Oh yeah, I want to get the fuck out of here because it's not that you're. There's always gonna be something. It's because you're a woman. It's because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There's a lot of yeah. underlying things to that where it's just like you're doubting your. You know, you're you're doubting things and yeah, which is a huge no no. So it's just like they're trying to like. It's very out against, it's going against the grain really bad. Yeah. 
I also thought it was really hard because when I was talking to my grandpa, my grandpa called me because he was concerned about me not going to church. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why aren't you going to church? And I said, grandpa, when I heard that they were, they had this policy, mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't right. Right. I just knew in my heart it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I thought that too, actually. And I was like, I thought, what? Like, this person is leveling with me. But Uh then he said, but then I thought, follow the prophet. Don't go astray. And so I was like, Grandpa, I'm literally following the Holy Ghost inside me saying this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And so, and then he was just like, yep, but he took a complete, like, right turn choose the right right turn and was like nope i'm gonna stay on this path so that was hard too was like almost having the same moment and leveling with somebody and then having them turn it against me like Uh they want to talk to me about why i left they want to assume why i left but nobody will talk to me about it and when they do it's to gather information so that they can fight me against it. So yeah, so they can like prey on you, and it's like, and it's like, I almost feel like he's baiting you too because he, when he's like, yeah, I felt the same way, and it's like, but then he's like, but then I just did the right thing, and you're fucker, you know? Yeah. It's just it's, it's 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 like really, it's like he trapped you. He set a trap for you to step in, and now you're bleeding to death. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, that <laughs> wasn't even dramatic. like the last straw. I wanted to like tell you the real actual kicker to my thing is that I spent a lot of time after the November policy deciding if I was going to stay or leave. Mm-hmm. And so I went through like a lot of like, am I going to be like one of these um, restorationalists where we believe that the church was true until it got to Brigham Young's hands and then it got corrupted or am I going to be like a non-denominational Christian because I still believe in God or am I going to be like you know I went through a lot of like a home study Christian or like you know I went through a lot of steps but when I decided um, somebody asked me if I had read the CES letter because the CES letter, I think we'll get to someday, but um, it is a document of questions that mm-hmm. somebody had and sent to the president of the church education system to kind of help him stay in the church. So somebody asked me if I had read that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like, I don't need to know, like, what's in there because it's anti-Mormon or whatever touted to be anti-Mormon. Right. Um, and it, but I was like, well... Eventually, I had been out of the church for a long time. I'd taken my garments off for a long time, and I was, like, kind of searching for something else. And I decided to read it, and I got to – I was like, I'm not attached, so I won't, like, put any weight in it. I got to a part where it said, why are the Isaiah chapters in 2 Nephi different from the Isaiah chapters in the Joseph Smith translation? And it snapped me back to where I was 12 asking the same question. I love that. Full circle. And I was like, this whole religion is not fucking true. I'm I that is the absolute moment when I didn't read. I didn't finish the CES letter. I didn't have to. It was early on in the in the book. 
that was when I was like, there is no more weight for me to discovering if this is true or not, because I know it's not true. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna in this episode get to it about a lot of just like different things that make you question yourself, but it's mm. like because like there is that they, there's a thing that the still small voice which technically isn't your voice, but mm. it's like you should have been listening to your voice from the from the drop, yeah, because you were onto something, and I felt the exact same way because it's like looking back on it retrospect being twenty twenty you know hindsight I was like I knew it like. Some of the, like, the stuff that they say about human beings and how they can, like, think and, like, fill things, that's mm -hmm. true, but they teach you not to believe in yourself. Yeah. They teach you to believe, to train the small voice, the still small voice in your head to be their way. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when you have these, like, random ass thoughts that don't follow in line with the shit, it scares the hell out of you. Because you're like, the still small voice wouldn't say that, it must be the devil. Yeah. Did you did you ever have that? Let's talk like, about that. Let's yeah. let's do talk about that. Um Bobby, we're coming up on like two and a half hours here. So I think we should make this a two parter and go right into that conversation. Can we do that? Yeah, so okay, we're gonna say this thing's the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Part two. Amen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Is this the place podcast is written, recorded, and edited at Titan Tower Studios. Our theme song is by Bobby, and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story, as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support. Maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.